Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, literally in my case, powered by celery, not so literal in my case. The show that is still basking in the glory of being a two-time European champion. Yes, it's the Chelsea Fancast. It has nothing to do with Chelsea winning the cup. Uh, now, having had a week off to recover, uh, we are back with the ill behaviour to look back at one of the most memorable, unique and improbable seasons there has ever been as a Chelsea supporter. I know that's hard to believe, but I really do believe that that is the case. But anyway, start starting unusually in September and behind closed doors due to the COVID pandemic, Super Frankie Lampard's Blue and White Army were doing very well, including a 17-match unbeaten spell. And then it all went downhill in December and January. The new Wunderkind were struggling, Havertz with post-Covid symptoms and Werner to remember where the goal and the offside uh, flag or line was. But surely, surely the board would not dispense with a club legend like Frank Lampard. Of course they would, and we hated them for it. Kraftwerk, look and sound alike, Tommy Tuchel, arrived and went to a back three, and the rest, as they say, is history. Or in Chelsea's case making history. Chelsea was transformed into a solid defensive machine and were most definitely a team that no one wanted to play against, especially Man City it seems, who contrived to lose to us three times in the space of six weeks, crucially in the Champions League final, as Chelsea became two times winners of the fabled competition. But it was not all unbridled joy. Amongst all the Champions League euphoria, Chelsea and five other big clubs tried to destroy football by signing up to a European Super League. And Tommy T appeared to ditch the chance to win another FA Cup in favour of finishing fourth in the league. A feat they only managed by dint of rival Spurs beating Leicester on the last day of the season. All in all... This most roller coaster of all seasons proved to be one hell of an incredible journey. The Chelsea fancast number 828 can only be called The Incredible Journey. So there you go. Now, I remember as a kid, there was some, uh, you know, I always, I always looked to Jonathan for validation on these kind of bizarre stories. There was a really cheesy film called An Incredible Journey with a, a, a kind of a like a Labrador dog in it. And they travelled across... North America and got lost. Am I? Am I? Did I hallucinate that? Jonathan? No, I, absolutely correct, Huge. Thank but you. But I think it wasn't it that he'd been left, and he went back and found his his uh, owners right. okay. who had moved uh, from uh, um, Canada to somewhere, uh, you know, across the steppe somewhere. They just and he he managed to find them, of course, and we we followed him right. all the way through. And in fact, it was a it was a decent acting dog who appeared to take direction, as opposed to most of them that just run in the opposite direction when you. When you tell them where to go, but um, but yeah, you're absolutely right, and uh, and it's supposed to, it's a Disney great, in fact. Is it? Uh, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. I don't still watch it now. There we go. I, so I wasn't hallucinating. It's always good to know when I'm not hallucinating, as opposed to when I am, of course. But it seems to me that was a very early kind of dog version of a Macaulay Corkin film. But there you go. <laughs> Without the extreme violence, perhaps. But anyway, there no, were... Except, except he didn't chase after his parents, though, did he? No, he didn't. They ran away from him, quite understandably. In fact, there's a, actually, should you suggest, suggest it, it's a very good idea that he, they, they, uh, that he has to then go across. I think there was another one called Sammy Going South. It was exactly the same story. Well, there In you fact, go. Car, 
there are only about seven stories anyway. The things, the things you learn on the Chelsea Football Fancast, even if it is the last live show of the season. Uh, now, uh, because it's the last live show of the season, and as you will find out in a minute, it is our season review, we have uh, a lot of guests on tonight. Uh, Jonathan's disappeared, so I will have to do the introducing on his behalf. But I will... Oh, do you want to do you want to introduce the Motley crew tonight? Oh God! All right, yeah. Oh well, might as well. The, Bloody the great oh, Martin God. Wickham, fantastic team there. Superb Tony Glover, the uh, the the man with the with the fish brain, Mark Me, and the uh, um, who was called apparently now he's called the uh, uh, Neve Me, and I like that, Mark. That... <laughs> there you go. I've used my daughter's laptop tonight. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, um, Mark came up with a wonderful piece of information during the week that had me uh, that had me uh, roaring with laughter, which was. Um, uh, just because of my reference to the video I've made, I called it 24 hours to Porto. And he um, um, uh, came up with the fact that uh, uh, it, was a, it, was, it was mentioned by Clayton that it was a, uh, a Gene Pitney song. And Mark came up with, I mean, you should say, Mark, the... the, uh, the oh, the, the, the lead singer of the Chelsea Punk Rock All-Stars is a gentleman by the name of Gene Putney. <laughs> I thought that was really excellent. Really also excellent. known as Mark Wyatt. <laughs> Bob, Bob Wire, was it? Mark Wire, lawyer to the occasional hooligan. <laughs> and of course, I've left one out. Two out, I'm so sorry. Gate 17, brilliant, brilliant uh, um, writer, publisher, um, the man himself, uh, Marco, uh, Mark Worrell, and um, the uh, the effervescent, omnipresent uh, um, Dan Silver. And of course, of course, uh, the, the Instagram genius, what would we do without him? Mr. Dane Whipple, he's on as well. So we've got all these, we've got uh, oh, far too many people. Uh, for, I mean, we'll, their, their wit and wisdom, would, we, we'll be here for four hours, Chid. This is your fault. Far well, yeah, too many we all know that whatever happens, it's all my fault, as it has been all season. Um, now, there are, we are almost actually uh, a full a full house tonight, um, which is befitting for the, for the last live show of the season, the season review. Uh, we are... We are missing because what what a lot of you lot out there probably don't realise that the, that the Chelsea fan cast minus the journalists there are no journalists tonight no Adam no Sam no Liam, um, but the Chelsea fan cast minus the journalists is an eleven. We are in fact a football team, and one day I will publish the squad numbers and the system and formation. <laughs> all right, but we are an eleven. Uh, we are missing two tonight. First of all, Clayton who's got other things to do tonight. And uh, Clayton, uh, just got a text from you wishing you all the best, mate. And, uh, of course, we're missing from the mysterious, uh, missing the mysterious Alex Churchill, who's probably fighting with people on Twitter or something. But there you go. Or doing our own podcast, even. But there you go. Now, on the show tonight, uh, we will be drawing the winner of the Pat Nevin book. So I'm, I'm repeating on somebody. Somebody's got their volume up too loud or something, but I'm, I'm getting feedback. And I don't know who it is because you're not lighting up as a little a little window. So I will pursue and persist. On the show tonight, we'll be drawing the winner of the Pat Nevin book competition. Very excited about that because there was a bit of a delay on that. Uh, we'll be revealing the winners and losers in the Chelsea Fancast season's predictions, which old Dino gets us to fill in before the season starts, and then he will be humiliating us all in a minute. Oh, well, me anyway. Uh, and then we'll review the season with our own ratings. Now, we're going to look at the ratings for the players and the management team and our player of the season, the breakthrough player of the season, 
the most disappointing player of the season and, of course, the goal of the season. And we'll also look, and, and I like this, this is, we get a bit more personal here, but we look back at the best result and the best match and the worst result and the worst match. And finally, we'll wrap up by rating the season as a whole, comparing it to seasons past, and we will share each of our best personal moments from the season. Now, this isn't just cobbled together drunkenly like the usual shows are. Oh, no. There is science and methodology in this show, as the boys will all attest to, because I uh, actually normally I'm, I'm reasonable and I send them a spreadsheet about a week or two in advance. But of course, this year I completely forgot. And these poor buggers got the spreadsheet at a stupid o'clock on a Friday night and said, please get back to me by Sunday or there'll be no show. And they've all been absolutely brilliant. So they all need a right round of applause and a lot of love for doing that. Now, as ever, as you know, uh, the last time I will be saying that this this season, but you can uh, listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock uh, by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat room, the wonderful chat room where I suspect we have quite a few reprobates in there tonight. Actually, we don't. They all think we've packed up, packed our swimming trunks and gone on holiday because I forgot to tell them. But there are a few of you in there. And as there are a few of you in there, I will say hello to you. Chev, the wonderful Chev, the wonderful Daryl. Uh, who else have we got? Monyaki, excellent. Adam F, Matthew the American and Planet Earth is Blue. So there you go. So I can figure out who read my message on Discord and who checked their emails for the Mixler email that goes round to say we are broadcasting. Andy the Hutch is here too. I'm sure a few will filter in as they realise that we're actually broadcasting, but there you go. For the rest of you out there, uh, you'll enjoy the podcast, no doubt. Now, as you know, even though we won't be on air during the summer, you can always get hold of us by tweeting us at Chelsea Fancast on Twitter. Fat Chelsea Fancast works on all of the social media platforms. And occasionally, when I'm not sipping a cocktail in the south of France, I might deign to look at them or even answer it. So there you go. In a minute, we'll be back to talk about all the football from this season. Welcome back. Uh, well, well, well. Actually, I lied. We're not going to talk about the football at all. Uh, it was very remiss of me on the Champions League show, right, that I was supposed to draw the winner of the Pat Nevin competition. I did an interview with Pat Nevin, and we did a competition to win a copy of his wonderful autobiography, The Accidental Footballer. And um, I asked the question, you know, who did Chelsea sign We Pat from? And then I was so sorry. No, I was so excited in the Champions League show. Actually, yes, I was absolutely hammered, as anybody listens to it or was with me will remember. Um, that I completely forgot to do the draw, but I'm doing it right now. Now the boys can see this. You lot can't. I have got here the famous uh, pewter tankard that my this is my great grandfather who owned a huge pile in South in, in Somerset where all the chidgies come from. Huge bloody house. This is what he left me in his inheritance. Now, most people would be disappointed, 
by just getting a, ta a pewter tankard, but not me. I feel that my grandfather knew his grandson very well and he would make use of it. Well, I'm not drinking out of it tonight. Instead, this is going to be the equivalent of the UEFA pot. All right, so I sh I'm shaking it around. Give it a good whiz around. There are the, num the names of Damien Abbott, Pierre Frizzell, Paul Thompson, Chris Holland, Paul Rhodes, Colin Tether, Roy Stennings, Phidias Leonida, Ollie Cribbin, Nanny Yaboa, Steve Chapman, Rob Delcini, Stephen Bridges, Jamie Murphy, Kieran O'Donnell, also known as Chef. They all got the wrong answer right. They're all in this tankard. I'm giving it a good shake around. The boys can see. I'm not cheating. Can anybody validate that I'm not cheating? I think you could shake it a bit harder. I'm shaking it as hard as I can, mate. I think we need to see them popping up. Oh, there they are. They're popping up. Okay, can you yeah. see that? Can you see it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. I'm yeah. Gonna, all right. Actually, at the moment, though, they, I don't think they moved very much, Chidge. Can you do, Can you put your hand over? That's right, yeah. Right, there you go. A bit of a shuffle. Okay, yeah. so Good. now we know I'm not cheating. Right, and I shall delve deep, and I'll pick one out. The winner, I'm going right to the bottom, and I've got one, two, go. The winner is Chris Holland. They do it in true UA for style. Chris Holland. Yannick Aboa. <laughs> it's Chris Holland backwards. I better we'll put play. That... You what? We'll play who? We'll play. <laughs> I'm, so tempted. I'm looking for the hot piece of paper, but there isn't one. Uh, I'm so sorry for the others who didn't manage to win. It was all done like all good draws are perfectly, you know, fairly so there we go chris holland well done you i will uh email you get your address and send that right out to you as soon as i can uh which as you all know means about six months of me no i promise i'll get it out real real soon so uh we should get on with the real reason that we're here and the first part of our season review is really uh, i enjoy this actually it's where dino gets to utterly humiliate us for being useless at predicting anything uh, you, you, now, you sent this in. You, you wrote a lot of stuff, Dean, which is great. Do you want to read this out? You should do. It's your bit. Yeah, I'll go for it. Give, nice you, a, give you a break. <laughs> nice one. Thanks, mate. Yeah, so as usual, I've got your predictions at the start of the season. Um, but this year, I've done a Premier Predictions League spin on it. So you'll get points for correct answers, but you'll lose points for incorrect ones as well. Um, so we'll start with Chelsea's final league position. So 25 points is a correct answer. Uh, minus five for every wrong position. Uh, so for Tony, Dean, Mark, Martin and Dan, they scored minus five, predicting third. And Chidge, Marco, Alex, JK, Clayton and Dane, who said we finished second if we signed a goalkeeper, and we did. Uh, minus 10 points. Uh, so top four is 25 points for each correct team. So Chidge, Dean and Dan got 100 points because they were spot on with their top four. Um, everyone else had Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea. They scored 75 points, but then they backed Arsenal to finish fourth. Um, so it's called minus 20. So that's because I'm 55 overall. Uh, bottom three was the biggest points loser. Uh, nobody backed Sheffield United, West Brom and Fulham as a three. Uh, so I do best to worst. Uh, Marco scored 40 points for Fulham, uh, West Brom and Brighton. Martin plus 15 for West Brom, Fulham and Aston Villa. JK plus five for Fulham, West Brom and Leeds. And then it's negative. So Dean minus 10 for West Brom, Fulham and West Ham. Dane minus 40 for West Ham, West Brom and Burnley. Uh, Tony minus 50 for Leeds, Newcastle and Fulham. Chidge minus 55 for West Ham, Newcastle and Brighton. Mark also minus 55 for Crystal Palace, West Ham and West Brom. Uh, Alex scored minus 65 for Fulham, Newcastle and West Ham. And Dan scored minus 70 for West Ham, Aston Villa and Fulham. 
Uh, Clayton didn't pick, which was probably the best thing he could have done. <laughs> Bloody cheap. Uh, in that one. Uh, Carabao Cup. Uh, Martin was the only one that predicted we'd lose in the fourth round, so he scored 25 points. Um, Chidge, Alex and Dean, minus five, because they predicted the round after. Uh, semi-final prediction from Clayton and Dane scored minus 10. JK thought we'd be runners-up, which scored minus 15. And Tony, Marco, Mark and Dan all predicted we'd win the competition, which was minus 20 points. Uh, for the FA Cup, 25 points goes to Alex, who predicted we'd lose the final. Uh, Chidge, Marco, JK, Dean and Dan all scored minus five for having the optimism that we'd win. Uh, Martin and Dan scored minus 10 for predicting a quarter-final exit. Tony, minus 15 for a fifth-round prediction. Mark said fourth round and scored minus 20 points. And Clayton predicted we'd copy the 1997-98 season and lose in the third round and scored minus 25 points. Uh, for the Champions League, unsurprisingly, nobody predicted we'd win it. Um, the most optimistic was Tony, Marco, Alex, JK and Dane. Uh, they scored minus 10 for predicting the semi-finals. Uh, Chidge, Dean, Mark, Clayton and Dan scored minus 15 for quarterfinals and Martin scored minus 20 for the round of 16 prediction. Uh, top scorer all competitions for this. So that's Chidge, Dean, Marco, JK, Clayton, Mark, Dane, Martin and Dan all said Timo Werner, uh, who scored 12 goals, giving them 25 points. Uh, Tony went for Tammy Abraham, who scored 12 goals, but had less assists, so he comes second. But we're going to give Tony 20 points, just to keep Tony on side. Uh, <laughs> Wise move. That was, that, was Ver, that was Werner's biggest problem, wasn't it? <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have pissed it. <laughs> uh, and Alex went for Christian Pulisic, who scored six goals and scored minus 30 points for her. And then player of the year, nobody backed Mason Mount. Um, so everybody scored minus five. Quite um, right. I haven't got everyone's picks, but that's that's the um, predictions. So the end table in reverse order, sort of flying the flag of feminism, sticking the finger up to all those who say, get back in the kitchen. Uh, it was Alex who scored minus 45 points. Mark scored minus 40. Tony minus 30. Dan scored zero points. Dane plus five. Clayton plus 15. Chidge plus 30. JK plus 40. And your top three was Marco with 70. Dean with 80, and the winner with 90 points was Mr. Martin Wickham. Well done, Martin. Uh, well, Cruz, yeah. you give it about five minutes and don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you say that. You say that. And I was thinking... Okay, I'm telling a lie. It's more like yeah, 10 minutes. But I, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I think I think Dean, as the uh, man who invented the Chelsea fancast predictions, clearly rigged it somehow. Otherwise, you know, he's come second. I, I'm smelling a massive fish there. But I have to say, what what fascinated me was the fact that you came first with 90, Martin, and Marco came third with 70, and you two basically led the way in the the Premier League predictions thing we do with good old Kiro, therefore proving that you both really do know your onions. And the rest of us need to go back to school sharpish, I think, apart from Dino, who did very well and came second. So, well done. I, Dino, brilliant work, mate, as always. I really cannot wait, honestly, until you until you do that again, actually. It's become... Uh, I actually was looking forward to seeing what an arse I'd made of myself yet again. And uh, I'm glad to see that I didn't disappoint by coming behind JK, which is quite shaming, really. He's buggered off again somewhere. I don't know what's going on with JK tonight. I think uh, something might be... Uh, a miss or a foot. But there we go. We shall carry on. 
Right. Gidge, he's probably gone to see his actual original spreadsheet that he actually predicted Werner to be top scorer <laughs> with all the stick he's given him this year. Well, you know what? We are, indeed. I mean, I, I, I think I, I went for Pulisic as, as my player of the year, if I recall. But I, I thought that JK, I think maybe JK said in about October that he thought that we'd win the Champions League. You know, about the yeah, same time as he said that we wouldn't lose another game all season, and then about a month later, Frank was sacked. But, uh, <laughs> That's JK's special talent. He's predicting highs and lows every other week. Well, indeed, it is. Um, let's go and do our own thing. Uh, now, I'm going to look at the player ratings here, and I'm not going to bore everybody or you lot by just reading them all out. What I will do is just give the uh, the average that we all got. Um, I, I can't do it in reverse order because I haven't done it kind of chronologically, but I'll, I'll do it from the bottom up. Uh, so, uh, Billy Gilmore got 5.7. Uh, Kepper got 4.1. Emerson got 3.1. Marcus Alonso got 5.2. Andreas Christensen, 7.4. Oli Giroud, 6.1. Tammy Abraham, 5.5. Uh, Antonio Rudiger, 8. Thiago Silva, 7.9. Kurt Zuma, 5.4. Callum Hudson-Odoi, 4.7. Hakim Ziyech, 4.9. Matteo Kovacic, 6.4. Ben Chilwell, 7.7. Jorginho, 7.1. Christian Pulisic, 5.7. Sorry, Mr. Stick. Cesar Aspilicueta, 7.9. Kai Havertz, 7.4. And Timo Werner, 6.2. So the three top four, in fact, top scorers in our player ratings were Eduard Mendy got 8.4. Reese James got 8.5. N'Golo Kante got nine and Mason Mount got 9.6, which is phenomenal. I, I don't know what you think, boys, but I was intrigued by this. I'll tell you what I was most intrigued by was the fact that, I mean, that, that what you got there is an average of all of us for each player. Every every rating we go for each player, I averaged it out. But I also kind of averaged what we gained for the team scores. And I can't believe that I actually awarded everybody the lowest mark. That I mean, you know, I, I gave the team 6.3, which is a real weird statistical anomaly, but Marco, um, I think I think that the the it's it's funny, isn't it, when you kind of apply a bit of science to this, what you come up with. But I think that's broadly what I you know I, I'm really not. There's no kind of outliers there. It makes total sense to me those scores. Marco, hello. Are you asking me? I am. Opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, I just had a quick look at scan across. Um... The scores and uh, pretty even, aren't they? In terms of um, who, who rated who and who didn't rate who, um, there, was, there was a lot of consensus, I think, uh, across the board from what I could see. It's, it's kind of interesting, actually. The whole thing. I, I don't. I mean, I, we've done this a few years, and I've never seen so much consensus here across the board for everything, which. Considering what an up and down season it it was, if you think about it, is really quite surprising. Martin, um, would you concur with 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 Marco there? There are no, there's no real outliers there. I think we've got it pretty much spot on. Even, I mean, you know, we've given Emerson and Kepper really low marks, which is understandable. You know, it's clear who the players who either didn't play a lot or or who disappointed are. I think I'm the one who only firstly might have given Emerson a higher rating than Kepper, but that's. <laughs> I think that's the Atletico goal speaking rather than anything else. Yeah, it's broadly broadly similar, isn't it? I mean, I think there's a few who've caveated their ratings 
which is quite amusing and quite interesting. But um, apart from that, it's um, yeah, pretty. I mean, there's like no controversy, so she's really fucking boring. I know. Let's all go. Let's all go home. Oh, we already are. I mean, why don't I pick up on some of these contentious things, actually? Because Clayton's got three that are contentious, and I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but Marco, Marco gave uh, Havertz eight. It would have been six, but for the uh, the the Champions League final goal, I kind of understand where you're coming from there, Marco. Um, in a way, that's kind of sums his season up, doesn't it? He gets two extra points for a Champions League final goal, which will enshrine him in legend forever at Chelsea, won't it? That's football, though, isn't it? It is. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know, go back to 2012 and uh, Ryan the Lion with his yeah. performance in, in the final. Um, there's always somebody steps up out of the, out of the blue. Um, to make a difference. It's just a shame we didn't win the FA Cup final. Well, I'm yeah, more of that later. Um, Mr. Meehan, you you've kind of hedged your bets with one one as well, actually, which I think is interesting, and that may well feature later too. And that's you gave you gave Oli Giroud six and then slash eight because of his Champions League performances. I think. I thought it was magnificent in the Champions League for us this season and obviously he finished top scorer in the Champions League as well. You know, so that's why I was hedging my bets. For, for league form over the season, it'd be a six, but just on his Champions League form alone, it was out of ten for me. I thought he was superb. I think the, the other odd one I had is, you know, same with Clayton, we both scored Kepper a six, which is higher than anybody. Yeah, although I thought, I thought well, I mean, uh, Clayton gave him three slash seven and that was pre and post Frank. So he gave him three for a bit, you know, for Frank and seven yeah. for for Tuchel, which I thought was interesting. And I always, always... Clayton gave him a seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting because I always listen to what Clayton has to say when it comes to goalkeepers. It's what, what did he give? What did he give Mendy? He gave Mendy a nine, yeah. I think, and he wasn't the only one actually. A lot of people gave Mendy nine. So there you go. So you know, uh, but most people basically, you know longed off Kepper quite happily. Uh now I can't I can't I mean like, when I look at these player ratings they're all actually pretty generous uh, apart from me for some reason for some of the lighter ones but of course I can rely on JK to be the voice of clinical cynicism when it comes to football. <laughs> I'm astonished that you gave Werner as high as 4 JK. I mean admittedly everybody else gave him above uh, I mean nobody else dropped oh no Clayton gave him 5. But everybody else was kind of six, seven. You gave him four. Both his dynamic wing play contributed, and uh, and also the joy of the uh, the Champions League final. Um, for the goal, his run, his um, run down the wing for the goal for the the ploy they kept using of uh, floating the ball up, making him but, get in the way. Yeah, yes, <laughs> he got in the way of he's, Walker he's what they every call time. A, a decoy, isn't he? Yes, he was. He was a very good decoy. Yes, I agree. I should have given him less. Yes, absolutely right. I should have. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did. You did give less. In fact, you're the only person of all of us who had the balls to give anybody one, and you gave Emerson, your favourite player, Emerson one. I'm actually surprised you actually even gave him one. To be fair, and you. Well, gave he did Kepa score one. a nice goal, didn't he? he scored <laughs> you gave a very him one nice for goal. the goal. I thought you. I did. gave him one for the goal, but yes, complete shite. I have no idea why on earth he's still in the uh, in the squad. <laughs> 
please can we just sell him as soon as possible i love yeah. it i love it you are you are you are a national treasure jk um right now talking of we kind of like touched on frank and, and jody and uh frank and jody uh averaged all of us uh 5.7 okay um i'm gonna i'm gonna pick on jk first because jk gave them the lowest mark of four that's a bit yeah low, i think they it? were they were ultimately uh, a, a big disappointment um, uh, emotionally as well. The fact that it all fell apart for whatever reason. Um, and I always feel it, the fact that, that that same squad won the Champions League also points fingers in their direction as to what on earth did they get wrong? What did they do wrong with it? Um, yes, you've got to praise the, the brilliance of, of bringing Mountain. Uh, I have to say, I thought Frank was, was superbly loquacious on... Um, the BBC last night and made you realise what a fantastic guy and 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 assessor of football he is. And I really wish him a, a terrific future career. But uh, I, it, the fact that that he he uttered those words saying, you know, they're not a proper team, whatever the I, mean, I can't remember the exact words. It was the he sort of shrugged his shoulders and said, I can't make it work. That didn't impress me very much either. And um, and I felt uh, I felt disappointed that our hero had um, uh, had come unstuck. Um, uh, and, and as I say, the fact that Tuchel has used the same squad and won the Champions League in absolutely brilliant fashion to a degree that I am still uh, absolutely... Um, I'm, well, the word buzzing keeps being used. I just can't keep thinking about it. It was just such a phenomenal performance and he's done s such brilliant things, but with players that I'm afraid Frank threw out. So I, I, I'm afraid that's why I gave him such a low uh, a low score. Well, no, fair enough, mate. I mean, uh, I mean, I didn't give him a hugely high one. I gave him six. I mean, as I said, the average was 5.7. Tony gave him, gave him the highest mark. Tony, you gave him seven. Uh, did I? Yeah. Uh, I did, um, and that was simply because I thought it didn't matter what Tommy Tuchel did in the Champions League. The base was put there by Frank, qualified us out of our group with, uh, at the end of the day, consummate ease. Got every selection right for the Champions League. Uh, probably one of our least stressful passages out of the group stage that I can ever recall. Um, and I think... You know, I, I get the fact that the weight of the job probably it probably did get him in the end. I saw him on the BBC last night um, and it kind of saddened me that, you know, uh, he, he, he wasn't given the chance to go on. I, I, you know, I, I maintain that I think having Jody as your right-hand man was probably um, a mistake. I think he could have done with somebody that's had more experience at his side um, to bounce ideas off or to be corrected and challenged. Um, which I don't think Jody would do. That's not 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 a reflection on Jody as a person. I just think you you don't want a yes man there, and I got the impression that he was a bit of a yes man, you know. Um, so I think he deserved a seven, um, and then some of that's a, a bit of a leak over from last season as well, mate. You know, uh, and what he did last season and being a general Chelsea ledge. So um, he was never going to get lower than a seven for me. Yeah. And I adjusted it with my rating for the board. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to get to that. That's a good. That's a good segue, actually. I mean, Mike, we'll, we'll keep you on, Tony, because you, you, you know, you're on a roll, and I know, I know you well enough to, to to know not to stop you when you are. But 
we'll, we'll go. I'm going to I'm going to leap leap over Tommy Tuchel because we'll get back to him in a minute. I mean, Tommy Tuchel got nine point two. I don't think there's much to talk about there. We're all in very very broad agreement. Nobody. I mean, Tony actually gave gave Tuchel eight, but everybody else gave Tuchel a nine or a ten, which I think is well deserved and astonishing. But first of all, Tony, why did you only give him eight? And then why did you say bollocks for the board? Well, number one. Why didn't you enumerate it? <laughs> um, let's, we'll start with the Tommy Tuchel thing. Um, eight out of ten is a good score uh, on the 80-20 rule um, for coming in and salvaging a season. You know, at the end of the day, he did pretty good, but it was fucking knife edge at the end. We we are only we only got fourth because of other events on the day against Villa. And I just thought the FA Cup final, we didn't turn up. And that was a shame. What would have been a, a, a fantastic and should have been, no other reason I think we should have had a double trophy. Now, I know the romance was with Leicester and the fact they never won it before. Um, so, um, you know, my jury isn't out on him. I just, I, you know, I'm not going to start... Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go down on him just yet. You know what I mean? He, he's he's a good lad. I like him. I'm desperately trying not to emotionally invest myself in him because we all know where that will end up anyway. Um, in about eighteen months when he's down the road again. And as for the board, I just can't bring myself to give the board any credit, really, for this season. I, I just can't. Um, I, I think. Uh, uh, the the owner, I, I think, I, I, I'm. I'll go back to my abusive father, um, uh, allegory that I, I used earlier in the season, um, and the board. I just think that the the Super League, um, really, come on, and and then people were defending Roman Abramovich. He didn't know what he was signing up for. That's just the most stupid argument i've ever heard that man controls everything in his life to the nth degree everybody on that board does what roman says he knows everything that's going on no one and if they had pulled the wool over his eyes about the super league do you think some of them wouldn't have been gone by now and they haven't right now but fair enough they've they've, they've owned up to what was uh, a fuck up and to give them some credit they they pulled out of it first with city on that fateful night um, when everybody went to Stanford Bridge, but you know, bollocks to them. That's what I say. Yeah, I think bollocks is. is a, I think. I think actually, I think I will innovate next year and, and make this both a, a literal and a, and a numeral uh, rating. Yeah. So I, I tried to find a binary way of putting yeah. it into an Excel spreadsheet, mate. You know, if you want to say arse gravy, two, bollocks, two zeros and a yeah, yeah. All, it works for me, mate. Listen, yeah. I'm going to go to Dane because Dane Dane's been a bit schizophrenic about it. As in fact, I mean Clayton, bless his heart, who's not here, I think some sums it up. But I want to talk to Dane about this as well. But but Clayton said naught for the Super League, nine for Tuchel, which, in a sense, I I gave them five for exactly that reason. You know that any, I mean they really shot themselves in the foot with the uh, with the big the Super League nonsense. But I mean they do need to get credit for signing Tuchel. Is that kind of what you were thinking, Dane? Because you said nine and four. 
No, no, it's nothing to do with football. Nine was for everything they did outside of football. All right. Uh, going back as far as when we was all in lockdown, just with the, you know, they didn't furlong anyone. But they had players and staff talking to doctors, nurses, you know, offering the hotels to the NHS staff, all the work in the community, food parcels, online activities. They were absolutely amazing on in that aspect. And they did the club and us proud on footballing matters, I gave them a four. But yeah, it was nine four for I think they did within the community. And what they still do in the community, they do do really well. I'm really glad I asked you because I completely presumed differently and I'm, I'm delighted that I was completely wrong. Uh, Dan, because I haven't heard from you for ages, which is very remiss of me. I, I You didn't actually put a mark in for the board. I've actually made it up just so the averages work and assumed I'll just I went for five because it was in the middle. But had you not forgotten to put a mark for the board, what would you have put? Well, gone for five, just you know, less of two evils. You know, as Dane said, all the great work they did throughout the first sort of lockdowns and then shitting themselves with the uh, super leagues. I think they did. They did some good. They, you know, as my dad said, it's the curate's egg. They were good in parts. Yeah. So five was a, a reasonable mark for them. But you know, listen. We know how ruthless they are. They don't have any sentiment. You know, as much as Frank was a legend, clearly at that time, things went downward spiral, a bit really five points behind top four when Tickle came in. They, they're ruthless. They, you know, the Mateo went within three months of winning the Champions League. They don't care. They just they just want the SIP club to be successful. Yeah. And they, you know, they cut they cut it. They brought in two calls available. And, you know, he transformed the club in 30 games. Mm. You know, it's very hard to have. Any, any love for a board because I never have done, never will do. It's, it's, it's the manager and the players and the, my fellow supporters I care about. Couldn't give a shit who's in, you know, who's in the ivory tower. Mm. Quite I, frank. I, I'm, gl- I'm really glad that I clearly know you very well and just presuming that you, you kind of meant five, even though you hadn't put it. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, now, the lowest mark for the board was from dear old Mark Meehan. Um, you gave him three, Mark. Yeah, similar to Dame, the three is very much for the good work they've done in the community over the last 12 months. Otherwise, I'd have probably been with Tony, I'd have given them zero. And I think the thing we have to think about as well, it wasn't just the European Super League they made a dog's breakfast of. Yeah, they were going to put up season ticket prices. They were going to put prices up. So there'll be things where the brilliance that is winning the Champions League was going to buy them a bit of... Kudos, I think, for a short... We'll forget they did. Yeah, yeah, but... I think people need to remember the number of things they've done. They'll come back again, European Super League, three years. They'll 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 try it again. It'd be they, they've done so many things in the past, and I in connection is unstable at the moment. So yeah, for me, I'm going to give yeah. your internet connection a, a three as well, Mark. I was, you told me I was going to say my internet connection is three out of ten as well at the present moment. I give I yeah. give it one actually. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. I think you've given everybody one at the moment. Look at your score. No, JJ. no. He only to be fair. I mean, actually, no, you know. Do. J- JK, I mean, this is what astonished me. This is what I was saying earlier. JK's average of what he gave everybody is 6.7. Mine is 6.3. Oh, Chidge, great minds. Well, I just can't believe what a miserable git I am. If I- I've actually given them, <laughs> you know, less than fucking you have. Anyway, talk- <laughs> t- talking of you, um, JK, you gave the board 10 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, got the timing right for, for getting rid of Lampard. Brought in the mastermind, Tuchel, which was uh, phenomenal um, timing, and I'll use that word again. And uh, uh, and we won the Champions League as a consequence. And uh, and also they were absolutely brilliant uh, in the same way that um, we, we mentioned earlier, uh, dealing with the whole COVID situation. So I've um, forgiven them the uh, idiocy of the uh, the Super League. 
Um, in fact, they, they, we... they tried to destroy football. Yeah, I've forgiven yeah. them that. Okay. Yeah. You're very JK, I... JK, is that a check yeah. for Mr B Buck in your background? <laughs> <laughs> That's who he was on the phone to before yeah. we started. <laughs> Thank you, JK. Thank you, JK, for uh, giving me a uh, turn out to turn on the, uh, the board rating and uh, the checks in the post. Wax and Satchit. It's a very, very poor Bruce Buck impression. It's actually a very good impression. Well, I know Bruce listens, so Bruce, very I, I will good. work on my impression of you. No, it was good, though, Chid. You got the draw very well. I like, you, I, the... you know what? For all their warts and all and nils, I, I've always liked Bruce. I've always liked him. I find him a very charming and engaging human being. Uh, Dino, you gave him 10 out of 10 as well. Was that just a misprint or something or what? Well, I was just watching the Champions League final again as I was filling in the predictions. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I'd forgotten all about the Super League when I filled it in. So I mean, echo Tony's the, the, sentiments. Is that what is that why it's all tens on your sheet? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, brilliant. So yeah, as JK said, to get rid of Lampard because he's not just the manager. He, you know, everything that this club is about is Frank Lampard. You know, to have the balls to do that's what keeps us at the top. And I think they deserve praise for that. If anything, this season, um, yeah, Super League zero, but um, you know everything else. I think they've had a pretty good season as a. A board running a, a top football club yeah. because we're European champions. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if, in fairness, when we won the Champions League, did anybody think about the board or Bruce Buck? No. Well, yeah, it was, it was the first thing that flashed in furious. front of my mind. Yeah, sorry, Martin. <laughs> I didn't get a free bag of crisps, so yeah, I did think yeah. about fucking Larry David. <laughs> all right. First thing, first thing that flashed in front of my mind. Yeah, but hum to... of curb your enthusiasm, theme tune, and everything. Exactly. Now, listen. Uh, in terms of the curmudgeons, I thought I was the most curmudgeonly, but actually, amazingly enough, it is well, actually, not amazing enough. It's Martin. <laughs> Okay, if you look down his averages, it's six point two. The most, the, the most delightful, nice, and forgiving person here. Is, I am not surprised actually about this. It is, of course, Dane, who whose average was seven point eight. So, Dane, you're an absolute legend and a love. Just, just to flick back to Tommy T, which we kind of ought to do, and and and, and Marco, as it, in his own inimitable fashion, teased this a minute ago. Uh, you know, about the FA Cup final. I mean, I, I gave Tommy T9, and I think uh, you gave him 10, actually, which is very generous. But I, I, I do feel he needs to... I, I kind of think maybe... Well, certainly one point needs to be dropped for uh, for Norsing up the FA Cup final. And I, and I actually would have, on, on reflection, maybe would have been inclined to drop another one for making me shit myself on the last day of the season when we, we nearly didn't make it to the top four. But, I mean... You you mentioned the FA Cup final earlier on, and yet you gave Tommy T ten. I know, but <laughs> I, know. I think when I was um, when I was filling out the, uh, the, the the spreadsheet, I think I, I was uh, still being carried along on the crest of the Champions League wave. I think I've maybe just read something or seen something and thought, <laughs> "Fuck me, that's that 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 kind of overarches everything." <laughs> um, it does, doesn't it? Although you know, it was so dis- so so disappointing in the rain at Wembley. Um, I was just like, wow, couldn't believe it. Well, we we will, as I said to you earlier on. I'm going to say it again. We are going to get onto that because it's going to feature again. I think very largely. But we're, what we're going to do? We're going to have a quick break uh, so I can uh, open another can of Guinness apart from anything else. Uh, before we do that, quick plug a Rooney. Uh, very appropriate, actually, that I finished up talking with Marco there because I we got, uh, we got well, I, bless his heart, he, on Twitter he put, I can't remember what he put, but he just says information or something. What he should have done, that somebody needs to teach Dave 
when you're doing this on Twitter, it's it's communicado official with that stupid firework emoji. Sort him out, Marco. But anyway, dear Dave, and I'm really so pl- so apposite he did it today because it means I can lift it and now actually say this every week instead of the made-up nonsense I usually make and get it wrong. I only, only know when I get it wrong when Marco comes on the show and says, cheers, that's not the right email address, mate. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, this is official and it is... It is accurate, right? CFC UK. This is a statement about what's happening for next season. Now, the cost to UK residents for season 21-22 subscription minimum 10 issues will be £16. Individual copies will cost £2 each. Payment will be accepted by using PayPal and sending £16 to fanzine at cfcuk.net. Now, if you live in Europe, uh, the cost will be 35 quid, whilst the cost of those in the rest of the world will be 45 pounds. Uh, now, digital subscriptions are also available, which means they're emailed, the fanzine's emailed in a PDF format, and it costs £6. It was £8 last season. So Dave, in his own inimitable style, is giving us discounts. So six quid a season for a PDF emailable version, and the cost of individual individual issues will remain, for everybody else, £1 each. Uh, hopefully, we'll all be able to go back to the stall uh at the beginning of next season i can i can actually see marco who i haven't i haven't seen right who haven't i seen i haven't seen marco dane dean tony dan jonathan and martin for over a fecking year Mm. Mm. which i cannot july mate i know i cannot tell you how much that pains me i mean I was when I I saw I was lucky enough to see Mark. Oh, I saw no because you weren't there, Dan. Were you? I saw Mark in the Atlas a couple of weeks ago when we delivered the the Kerry banner to the pensioner, and I I mean I mean I couldn't really get drunk because I had to drive. But I mean you could tell I was like a fucking five year old. I was so excited to see people again, wasn't I? It was a fantastic afternoon, Chidge. It was really good to see you too, and obviously seeing the other people from the trust as well. Yeah, lo- lovely afternoon, and a lovely afternoon in the pension afterwards. We stayed on long after you left. I know. I was jealous of that, but there you go. I did go. I did. I did go on and see my best mate, which was just brilliant to see him too. But anyway, yes, you're right, Marco. We're all getting together on the 24th of July for a bit of a shindig, a fan cast only shindig with a couple of spectacular invited guests. But more of that later. Uh, right now, where was I? Yes, for those living abroad, it's cheaper to receive the digital version as, unfortunately, the postal costs are somewhat prohibitive. We will need your full address details for the hard copy version or your preferred email address should you require the PDF one. For further inquiries, please email fanzine at cfcuk.net. So there you go. That's the definitive CFCUK plug. And while we're on the subject of writing, I will be continuing, hopefully, if they ask me to, writing for football.london over the summer break and I, I put one out uh, today um, really about what, what Chelsea has to do next basically which in my book is go very aggressive in the transfer market build on the foundations uh, integrate the, 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 the youth to become squad players but most important of all go and win the bloody club world cup because it's the only trophy we don't have and you know I, I, one of the, I mean I hated Benitez for a million reasons but one of them was very much that he northed that up. So that's my article for Football London. One up today. Check my their Twitter feed or my Twitter video. You want to read? It. Right, we'll be back in a minute when we're going to be talking about Player of the Year and stuff like that. I'm excited. Real fans, real opinions. 
I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and I have got a whole. We've got the whole gang in tonight. Minus two. We're only two men down. We can still put a decent nine a nine side out tonight, and we've got in no particular order the wonderful Marco Worrell. Uh, Martin Wickham, Dane Whittle, Mark Me, and the delightful Jonathan Kidd, uh, who's waving to me. Uh, the Dean, the wonderful Dean Mears, and a very classic nineties uh, Chelsea shirt, Dean. I have to say, it's a. You look like a licorice all sort, mate. Yeah, I dug it out of the collection um, because the new third kit we lost the FA Cup final when I was wearing it, so I couldn't wear it for the Champions League final. Fair enough. Um, so I dug this one out instead. Well, so far I've got my. I haven't won any of them yet, but I've got a football three six five champions of Europe with the Sabutio men shirt. I've got the one that Martin's got from Philosophy Football, and I've got uh, from Baron's badges. I've got the uh, champions of Europe with the two stars and the proper old school badge, which I'm going to really look forward to wearing. I've gone. I've gone extra large for that one rather than double extra large, so I might need to drink less Guinness, but. Uh, if I want that to last, but uh, yeah, I'm very excited. I've got, I've gone very, I've gone very aggressive on the t-shirt purchasing front for to celebrate the Champions League, uh, and of course we have the lovely Tony Glover, and of course my good old mate Dan Silver. So there you go, uh, a lot of us in it tonight. Now we're going to get on with this Player of the Year, Breakthrough Player of the Year, Most Disappointing Player of the Year, Goal of the Season. Um, I, I can't tell you how delighted I am uh, to say that Mason Mount. As in fact, in reality, uh, he won the Chelsea Player of the Year there. Um, unanimous. I say unanimous apart from one. But we all voted for Mason Mount apart from JK, who I think I respect hugely for this. But I, I think I think actually JK mm-hmm. has become the world's greatest Cesar Aspilicueta fan. Of course, everybody knows that JK and his mates funded... Uh, the banner for for Dave in the stadium, but J.K. you voted Aspie as Ma- as Player of the Year. Uh, everybody else voted for Mount. Why did you vote for Aspie? And you're on mute, by the way, before you speak. Aha! Um, thank you. I pressed every other button, of course. Um, um, uh, Mount was the obviously obvious one. Uh, never stops running. Uh, Hundred uh, percent every game. Um, I just felt that the the feat of uh, winning the Champions League was outweighs everything for me, and he was so obviously the focal point for the team. And uh, just even watching them when they were warming up, um, we've talked a lot about they're not being leaders in the side, and it's so obvious that even though he's not necessarily as vociferous as we'd like on the field. Uh, he's hugely respected and is the fulcrum for the for the team, and it um, it found its uh, uh, the the best way of expressing this for me was him leading the team to victory uh, in a in a completely magnificent game that he bossed playing and his 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 effort at the very beginning of the game when he kicked the ball over the bar when they were about to have a tap in um, uh, for me won the game for them um, because. It was just got the team got better and better after that. So I felt that the the magnitude of the success 
he deserved to have that for me as being player of the season, just for um, as if the season had just built and built and built, and and he then achieved that with the team and for the team, and uh, that was the reason that I gave him player of the year because uh, he is um, absolute become a, a complete legend, and for what, what was he seven million pounds possibly one of Chelsea's biggest bargains. And I know we've been critical of him playing on the right um, because he's never quite fulfilled it as being a, a, um, a proper wing-back. But um, this is the last couple of seasons, I think he's now transformed himself to being an absolutely superb centre-half as one of the three. And uh, for me, he deserved that. I think Mason Mount will be Player of the Year for years and years afterwards. Well, in our in in our setup, because obviously Mason Mount won it with the club, but I think Dave should have won it just for being um, uh, one of the great Chelsea players. I mean, I, do you know what? I mean, I I can't argue with a word of that. And if you remember the the Champions League aftermath show that we did, we should call it the Champions League after party. I think, but you know, I, I what that was one of the most pleasing things for me was to see see Aspie lift that European Cup because he's been so underrated for it. And I, I completely agree with the word you say. I still think Mason Mount w was the player of the year, but I, I, I couldn't I couldn't argue at all against your sentiment there, JK, because he's such a lovely guy. Now, I'm going to ask somebody to make the case for Mount. I'm going to ask Marco because I know Marco's a big uh, Mason Mount fan. Uh, make the case for Mount's player of the year. Is, is there a case to be made? No. <laughs> Watch the fucking games. I think is the, all you need to say, really, is did, did you see that piece by Jody uh, on uh, on Mount from four 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 two? No, no. Yeah, uh, he basically coated off all the idiots on social media who don't rate him. But I thought the point that he made was so apposite, Marco. It's something that we say an awful lot. You know, there's an awful lot of bullshit talked about. Uh, you know, the difference between people who go to matches and people who don't is often used in a pejorative sense. But one of the things I've always said on this show, as you well know, it's not about that. And this is some, one of the reasons why I've hated this season so much in many respects is because you see the match when you go, which means you see what's happening off the ball. Exactly. You're seeing the people moving into space and making runs, which you never see on TV. And Jody made that point. He said, you don't see what he does on TV. You have to be there to see how good he is. And what the you know the spaces he makes, the runs he makes, and he's phenomenal. And I thought it was brilliant yeah, to see that. You know, I, I I just think if you look at if you look at his age, um, if you look at his attributes as a footballer, um, and his energy, uh, and his enthusiasm, and his willingness to you know almost in a Lampard-esque way you know keep going to the end, um, I, I just I just found it extraordinary that there was this, you know, quite huge welter of um, angst. Uh, you know, people really didn't like, you know, all that Lampard Sun nonsense. Um, I just, I just beggared belief, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I thought it was quite. Uh, you know, he got dropped. Didn't Tuchel didn't pick him for his first game, um, and the Lampard summer brigade was saying, "Well, that's it. That's the end of his career as a Chelsea player." Um, and then, of course, he, he 
played every pretty much every game after that. But well, he, he came in for ten minutes at the end of that game. Still the best Live, player, wasn't he? Livened it up, and yeah. he wasn't. That that was it. After that, he made his yeah. case in ten minutes. I think some of the angst about it, his future when Tommy Tuchel came in was ridiculous. I've said a lot of people said things in positions of responsibility they should have known a lot fucking better than to say it. Um, he's proved his point, and he's he's actually got better. And you know, you know, seeing him yesterday for England, I know obviously. Calvin Phillips was the main standout player, but Mount was definitely doing his bit as well. He was, wasn't he? Dano? Yeah, I just said when you got Roy Keane, Graham Sooners and Glenn Hoddle, three of the best midfielders ever to grace the football. Say two, what and two, and two of them, the most curmudgeonly bastards going. Yeah, but also they just say what a player makes of Mount is, you know, Sooners, Keane, Hoddle. I mean, that would be quite a midfield. Neil rate makes of Mount. There's people on Twitter who I just take the picture of because they don't know their arse on their elbow. You know, they wouldn't, you know... <laughs> They wouldn't know Mason Mount from whoever. So I think I think Mason Mount is clearly supremely talented player, and he's had a fantastic season. Yeah. And he's got the winning mentality because you saw how both those cup final defeats really hurt him. All these young kids, we said before, have got that winning mentality. And that's like Mourinho season one when he wants to win the League Cup. Give the players a winning mentality, and that completely changes the whole landscape of the squad. Yeah, it does uh, Dane? Yeah, another interesting thing which Jody said was uh, after a couple of training sessions at Derby, a couple of senior players went up to Jody and said, wow, you know, when we heard a Chelsea player was coming on loan, you're always going to expect potential because all of those sort of age group have potential. But this player is clearly a different class and he's already at the level where they believed he was, he was going to take Derby onto another level and they believed they could do something. That was just within like four training sessions of seeing him play. Yeah. Totally. It was a really good article. I commend it to anybody who, who wants to dig it out. I mean, what I would say about Mount, just picking up on what you were saying, Marco, everybody I know who knows anything about football rates Mount hugely. And I, I think the antipathy towards him, um, I think, you know, because it's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I say our generation, but, you know, there's there's at least two generations spanning this podcast, but we all feel the same way, which is there is nothing like seeing a young kid uh, born and brought up in Chelsea, make the grade and go on to be a great player. It may, it fills us with a huge amount of happiness. I mean, even in in the bad old days when we were a bit pants, we still delighted in the likes of Bummers coming through and, and having the career that he did, did with us and so on and so forth. But I think things have changed. I think a lot of the antipathy towards Mount is that I think a lot of the people who have, who have come into football recently, and I, I hesitate to say youngsters, but I think inevitably we're talking youngsters, undervalue they devalue people that have come up through the academy because what they want to see the club do is to spend you know tens of millions on the next superstar footballer who you know because they're you know and i, th- I do blame and I, I mean every, every time i say this i get people saying chid you're always like being really down on fifa 20 or whatever just because you don't understand how to play it which is kind of true but that it has changed the game kids who are into that kind of thing it's all about star players and and you don't you know they don't equate they don't they don't have the joy that we do of seeing a player come up through the ranks and become a star player they want they want to buy the star player and i think i think players like mount threaten that in a way and i think maybe that's why you get a bit of the antipathy i don't think it's as binary as as has been said a lot on social media which is it's an english thing they don't like english players i don't think it is that i think it's they like to have the you know they would want the club to go and buy Haaland, Mbappe, you know whoever the 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 star names are because they want a a Harlem Globetrotters team, 
Whereas I think we want to, we, we delight JK in, in seeing the youngsters come through, do we not? I also, yeah, completely. But I know, I, I, as I've always said, I stretch back to the all the youth players but from... You, you loved Eddie for that The reason, 59 and the, and the 60s from that for coming through. Bobby I, Tambling. I, I, indeed, absolutely. It was, you, you related to them because particularly when you were little, you felt there was a chance for you to get to get in the side. But um, um, uh, I, I think one of the things about Mason, I feel I can call him Mason, um, is that um, uh, he, he hasn't got a specific skill like an Mbappe. He hasn't got something like Neymar. He hasn't got something where people can go, look, he's completely taken the game by the scruff of the neck and uh, and done something completely brilliant. He'll do, he might do something like, he'll, 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 he'll do that wonderful, he has got that ability to screen the ball and, and then it's in front of him and he scores well. And the fact that he doesn't score enough goals as well, I think they would completely change their tune and, and, um, uh, um, um, suggest he become European Player of the Year if he scored more goals. At the moment, that's his his major failing for me. His 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 he gets into the box and and isn't accurate enough. But it's the problem with the whole of the team as we've established. But I think the the fact that he is non-stop and skillful and um, runs everywhere and runs for ninety minutes isn't something that they consider um, flamboyant enough for them. They want. As I say, uh, you know, yeah, they want the tricks and we're not show, seeing... show real footballers. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Thanks, JK. I thought you were going to carry on then. So I took a. No, oh, I, I saw you eating and thought <laughs> I'd, I'd make it embarrassing Bastard. for you. Bastard. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, let's move on because the breakthrough player of the year was similarly unanimous in the fact that it was Reese James. Everybody voted for Reese James. Apart from Dean, who voted for Andreas Christensen. Dean? Yeah, again, so watching the final, you know, I felt it was a coming of age season for Christensen. You know, he had the breakthrough under Conte, and then that performance against Barcelona seemed to knock him for six and, you know, to come back under two called the way he's done. For, for me, he's, you know, up there to start every game as a central defender for Chelsea. And, you know, he's shown all the reasons why the club have refused to sell him, fearing another sort of De Bruyne situation. Where he goes on to develop into becoming, you know, a, t- a top player, and uh, working under Thiago Silva is going to help him no end. And yeah, yeah, Reece James phenomenal. Well, for me, it was a real coming of age of, of Andreas Christensen. And then next season, I see him you know, starting at the heart of that that back three. No, fair enough, mate. Um, I still, I still. Go uh, oh, Dano. What's that? What do you reckon? Yeah, simple question. Do anyone does anyone think Christensen can actually play the two as opposed to a three? If we go back to four at the back, is Christensen as good in the two? It's very place for Denmark. Yeah, yeah. Martin, um, I would have if there was a category for like almost comeback player of the year. Yes, yeah. would have been perfect for that. And you know, yeah. changing the subject slightly, I sincerely hope he's getting all the help he requires or needs after Saturday because yeah, was... that was fucking horrific watching it on telly. So imagine being on the pitch when it happened. He was, he was visibly. They all, we, they all were. I think. Yeah, was, yeah. uh, when I saw Christensen's face, I did think, you know, he, he, he did look very, very... Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't... No one, Nothing's ever going to prepare anybody, any of us. If we were in a similar situation, we'd be the same. But, um, yeah, I think I, I, I go with that comeback player of the year because I, I'm one of the vocal critics of Christensen in the past for being a bit lily-livered, a bit cowardly, a bit lightweight. And he's absolutely... Maybe he's just come of age, Chid. Maybe he's just 
started to fit into his skin. But for me, Reese James, if, if you look at that performance in the Champions League final, bearing in mind I watched it a week later, so I, I was able to put a more critical eye on it without the stress, I would have given him man of the match because he absolutely drowned Sterling out of the game. It was it was worthy of performance of Bobby Moore in Brazil, 1970. It was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And he has been gaining ground, gaining confidence, uh, gaining the plaudits as well across the media and everybody, you know, such to the point that when England's team was announced yesterday, there was a lot of surprise that James hadn't been um, uh, included in that 11. He's, he's a fantastic, yeah. fantastic player. Um, and, you know, Mount standout, obviously, you know, and, and Mount's got a touch of the Charlie Cooks about him that I like, you know, that, that whole head down, whizzing around, buzzing around. But Reese James, I, I honestly believe he's got, they'll be knocking on our door trying to get him in a few years, the big, you know, the Barcelonas or something. Fabulous player. And that performance against Man City in the Champions League final was a 10 out of 10. Mm. Red Bridge Cafu. <laughs> <laughs> JK? Can I just say that the comeback player of the year should, should uh, in in conjunction with uh, Christensen, should be Rudiger. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I mean, going. I mean, we didn't really talk about it much because I'm, I'm well aware, having done this before, if we go into each player and the rating we gave them, we'd mm. be here until next Monday. But I was really, really pleased to see that Rudiger got an eight on average from everybody, and in fact. You know, most people were very generous. In fact, there were a few nines kicking around as well. And he, he thoroughly deserved it and fair play to him because we all thought he, he should have been out the door, didn't we? Just one, I want one sentence, Chich, one sentence. I never, in all the fan casts, you can trawl your way back from ever lost faith in Rudiger. Mm. I always thought he was a man that would have been good enough to be captain and you can never have too many Germans in your team as well. Well, I know Marco's very keen on De Panza. JK, you you, you, you were about to say something? Um, it was the fact that, that Rudiger's, in fact, his eights, nines and tens are only based on three months of performance. When you think about it, because he didn't play under Frank. No, I know. So it's quite phenomenal. I mean, he, he, I mean... I think the interesting thing, without kind of you know relitigating the whole player ratings thing, what what intrigued me is there's some, there's, there's some core and key. Very, I mean, good marks are seven and above, aren't they? There's a mm. there's a lot of players who got seven and above, and not many who got three, four, fives, which I think tells you where we are. We've got a very good first eleven, I think, even though people say we've got a very good depth squad. Now, uh, most disappointing player of the year, um, well, Timo Werner. Uh, got most people's vote for this, but also Pulisic and Ziyech featured heavily. Um, I think it's obvious why most of us voted for Timo Werner, but um, I'm going to ask uh, Dane about Pulisic, and I'm going to ask uh, Mark about Ziyech. So, Dane, Pulisic. Well, the difference between Werner and Pulisic is, you know, it's that old saying, uh, did you see... Uh, Leipzig play last season you know so we we could only see on YouTube videos what what Werner could potentially do but we've seen what Pulisic can do in a in a Chelsea shirt and he was he was amazing uh after that that first spell of lockdown when when we came out and and those those games leading up to the FA Cup final when we lost to Arsenal so I was expecting a whole lot more this season 
Unfortunately, again, injuries and form. I thought if I'm going to be critis, critis, uh sorry, I can't get my words out. On, on Tuchel, one criticism on Tuchel is when when Pulisic was was bang on form and he was our best player, he rested him, which I understood at the time because we was playing every three days. Uh, Havertz come in, I think it was Fulham, scored a couple, but then Pulisic could have come straight back in. It was not a limited position. He could have come and played the other two and he didn't. And that sort of mucked up his way. Should have been maybe more professional, like kept his head up and then when he had opportunities again, uh, you know, to prove himself. But he never got back to that form, you know, the Real Madrid first leg, the Palace away. We, we never saw that again after he got rested for Fulham. Uh, I'm not down on him because, as I said, we can see what he can do. Uh, and I'm excited to see what can come. But I was disappointed that he just didn't show more. Mm, fair enough. Uh, Mark Meehan, Mr Meehan, why Ziyech? Well, it has to be Ziyech because actually, you know, if I'd seen the spreadsheets beforehand and you add up the actual average, Ziyech's got the lowest average of Pulisic, Werner, you know, um, uh, uh, between them. So, you know, Werner scored 6.2, Ziyech scored 4.8. So collectively, gentlemen, you know, You're wrong. Ziyech is the best player between <laughs> each and every one of us as an average. I think Ziyech, to me, I think it's disappointing because other than the sort of Man City away and Man City at Wembley, I don't think there's any games where he really, really stood out for me and made sort of a difference in the game, you know. And you know, heard all that stuff about that magical left foot of his. We just didn't see it enough. Now it could very well be that whole thing we talked about habits many times on here, new to the country, etc. He didn't make his debut at the start of the season; he was injured. But of of those three players mentioned, you know, I, I would say of the three, you know, Ziyech, you know, would be the most disappointing for me. Mm. I, I have a lot of faith in Werner. I've said it several times on here before. I still think he'll be a success next season. Mm. No, I, I, I would broadly agree with all of that. And, and I mean, one thing I've heard about Ziyech is that there was a very good interview that the Athletic did with him a while ago, which said that he did, he has struggled to adapt to Premier League football, to this country, to this country during COVID. But he's very, very well liked in the dressing room. He's a, he's a character, and, and he's, and he's very, very well liked. I, I like things like that because. That tells us things that we just don't generally know or see, and that those things are important, you know. Dan? Yes, I bet, yes, I bet, obviously, like Ben Shilwell clearly is loved by the entire squad because all his stuff he does on social media. He, he's loved and, by me too, Dan. Yeah, he's great. I think yeah, it was disappointing. I thought Pulisic, I think psychologically, I think he's worried about that injury, so he never quite saw that blistering pace. So I wonder if he's got a bit of a like with less extent to Callum with injuries. He's a bit worried he might go again. There's so many big games coming up, he didn't want to really push himself in case he missed out on a, on a Champions League final. I think, listen, we've got some phenomenal frontline players, you know, Pulisic, Ziyech, Werner, who I, I still think, like Mark said, is going to come good next season. He did enough in those games to say he's going to be a good player. I mean, the, the run for taking the centre-back out to give Havertz a free while the Champions League final is why he's in the team, because he, he, he makes defending difficult. But no, listen, we'll see. I mean... I think I think from all this, I think Callum's, which we'll probably come to now, Callum's probably going to be one that might fall by the wayside over the next season because he hasn't really, you know, done enough when he's had a chance to really kind of justify sort of being an important player. Yeah, JK. I think the problem with Pulisic is is that the, it's kind of the sporadic performances. He was completely brilliant against Real Madrid, um, and uh, uh, and I don't think it's that he's hiding his hamstring. I just think that he finds it very difficult to play against the block um, uh, and we expect him to play as well in those games as he did towards the end of last season, particularly in the Liverpool game. And they seem to be very much of a muchness, but they it was there in the Real Madrid game. So 
perhaps it's a, much a mystery for him as why he can't turn it on um, in those other games. Because for me, um, he, he just became um, very average latterly in the season. Mm. Um, and I'm afraid I don't even think he carried it into the Champions League final. I think he was good to have him on the pitch the last few minutes racing about. But, this, but he missed a sitter. Yeah. towards the end of the Champions I mean, League. It's but interesting, I'm... isn't it, JK? Because, I mean, I, I would have voted... In fact, I, I mean, I know Dean hasn't got it here, but I, I did actually, I'm pretty damn sure I, I had him down as potentially my player of the year this season. I expected huge things from him. So On, on, his, refer- on his reputation from yeah, last year. Yeah, and, and, and technically, maybe he should be my most disappointing player. But because Werner, we expected so much, spent all that money, scored all those goal- goals in, in the Bundesliga... It would be churlish not to make him the most disappointing player, I think. But there you go. Um, we're going to move on to the goal of the season, which is fascinating because... Hey, I... Sorry, Mark, go quick, on. Just a quick question for you. And given that example of the Bundesliga and watching the Euro so far and seeing how well they do VAR, you know, because we are so crap at VAR in this country, you know, Werner had so many goals disallowed for offside this year. If we were better at VAR, how many of those goals maybe might have counted? Well, he would have had 25, he wouldn't he? He got 20 goals in his season. Then he's a success to most people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good point. But some of those offsides were like two yards off, Mark, to be fair. Yeah, no, but not all, not all of them. Some of them were touching no, goals. I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm purely playing semantics here. And he did sky a few over on the goal line. So. And he did miss kick of quite a few. He was top scorer next season. He miskicked yeah. it with a kind of a plomb that I used yeah. to show regularly on a Sunday morning for Rocky Tigers. I agree with mate. I agree with Mark actually. Judge, it was the overhead kick when he kicked the ball into his head. Yes, that, that I mean that takes real genius to be fair. It does. We we, we 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 we've we've always kind of lived on a reputation of of not slagging players off who were triers and and he's a you trier. Bono is an absolute out and out trier in in his first season. In a lockdown country, uh, with with all sorts of restrictions on, on everything, and I, I'm with Mark, 100. I think he's going to be absolute phenomenon next season when all of this rubbish is over and done with, and whatever. And I just can't get over the fact that people are saying, "Well, this that." It, I, I watched players being lauded who were absolute fucking lazy bastards <laughs> like Deco, like people like that and people are sitting there going, oh, he, he was a skilled player, I didn't give a fuck, he was the laziest fucker on this planet. <laughs> and, uh, and I see Werner, right, and he's a, he, he, he just never gives in, his head never drops and I, I, that's something to be admired I think in yeah. any player. I was very intrigued by his uh, celebrations. He he celebrated like a rather um, gauche, awkward teenager in comparison with everybody else so that when everybody else was going ah, and kissing each other he was going oh, 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 oh. he's waiting for the VAR check Dan either you want to go to the toilet or you're desperate for a, a game no, I, say, I, just think, I think the, the Leicester game the fans never stop singing his song so no. clearly the fans appreciate no, him totally right. all the way through put some love effort in He's get, he's get it. I think next season will come good. We've given up on players far too easily, yeah, far yes. too quickly, yeah. based on the back of a, yeah. you know, a dog shit season. So I think I think he'll be good next year. And I agree with you all, but he's still the Bang most. The Desmond song a lot. I, I agree with Bang you. Desmond song. I agree with you all, but he's still the most disappointing player in the season for us. That's the bottom line. Uh, let's go to the goal of the season. What I found was interesting about this is I, I discovered this video on, on on the Chelsea website that showed every single goal. If only I had watched this before doing this, uh, you know, ratings thing. 
But, I mean, the interesting thing is I actually changed my mind. I put Havertz in the Champions League final. And then swayed somewhat by the Chelsea vote. I, I remember the Giroud overhead kick. And I and I can I mean this is the tough this is always the difficult thing with goals of the season, isn't it? Because I also I also had a real soft spot for the uh, mount goal against Porto because I just thought it, it summed Mount up beautifully and it was a really important goal at the time. And I think it's really hard to choose them because, you know, emotionally we by the way, we've all we've basically gone for Havertz's goal in the in the in the Champions League final, but there's an emotional quotient to that and what it meant. But I think Giroud's goal was just superb and a piece of skill. And I think Mount's was too. I mean, James against Brighton. Martin went for James against Brighton, which, of course, I've completely forgotten about. And then when I watched that video, it was that absolute pile driver, wasn't it, Martin? Yeah, well, I've, I, other way around, I completely forgot about the Giroud goal against Atletico until I checked the, the video on Twitter this morning. And went, oh, so you'd, shit. you'd have gone for Giroud, yeah? I, I would. I be honest, I was trying to think of goals that stood out. Um, Pavitz was occasion, so I, I, I have no problem with it winning. But my favourite type of goal is an absolute shit pinger in the top corner. So Reese James wins it. Yeah, I liked Alonso's goal myself as well. Yeah, that was a great goal, wasn't it? Yeah, Mark, you got your hand up with your pencil up. Yeah, just just the other thing, I I, I did watch those videos this morning, and the, the goal I forgot about, and we talked about on the show at the time, uh, was Alonso's goal against Burnley. Yeah, well, that, that, J, as J.K. was, was saying. I've completely no, but, no, it was a great that. goal. Left left peg, volley, wonderful. Um, didn't Werner score a lovely one against Southampton? Or have I imagined that? There is something very, yeah. very sexual about an overhead kick. Though. Isn't there, Marco? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think the best overhead kick I've ever seen a Chelsea player score going back a little bit to Ida Good Johnson. Ida Good Johnson. Dirty Leeds. Yeah. And um, I think Lampard went on a mazy run that he wasn't that known for and belted the ball across and there was Good Johnson defying the law of physics. Weirdly, uh, I was in the West Upper that night and I had a perfect view of it. But it is true, isn't it? An overhead kick. You just because it's them. all about timing, isn't it? Yeah, love them absolutely love, but particularly when they're done properly and they're not shanked. Because I, I think a lot of them are shanked, like that wanker that scored for Porto against us. Shinned it. He shinned it. But but Ollie's was a proper one. Uh, Ida's was better. He absolutely he got it out of the laces, and it for me it has to be timed perfectly and out of the laces, which is I think what you're saying, and I. I totally agree. I'm going to say something controversial here. If Martin changes his mind and makes it Giroud, then we've got a tie between Giroud oh. and Havertz. However, Dino forgot to put down what his goal of the season was. So it could all be on you, Dino. Yeah, I probably would have gone with Olivier Giroud. <laughs> I love it. How to cheat. Well, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to kick to... wins everything. No, that's it. Done. Giroud, not, not Havertz, wins our goal of the season. Wonderful. I'm sure uh, Kyle will be devastated. I'm sure he will. Uh, right, we're going to have a quick break, boys, because uh, we've got lots more to get on with, and so we'll make it very, very quick. But I just want to have a quick plug to two of our favourite uh, organisations, one of whom is the Chelsea Pitch Owners. Um, as always, we say go and buy uh, a Chelsea Pitch Owners share. Owning one means that you have the share of the freehold of the stadium, and that protects it from being sold to a property developer in the future. And... Uh, in the process ensures that football will be played at Stamford Bridge forever. 
they're really not expensive. 31 quid for a kind of an electronic share is the cheapest, right up to 210 quid for a signed, framed one given to you on the pitch. Uh, and there are lots of choices in between. Just go to Chelsea's website and search for Chelsea Pitch Owners. And of course, um, an organisation close to my, Mark and Dan's hearts, the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, as I mean, those, given what happened with football this year, I would say there's never a more important time to join the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Membership's only five quid a year. Uh, and you get to have a say on all the important issues like the European Super League, as we did, uh, ticket prices, kickoff times, all sorts of really important issues to supporters that quite often get overlooked. And we make sure that you you get your voice heard by the club. Uh, if you're a member, you can attend our meetings, you can vote in the elections and you can put forward motions at the AGM and you get a lovely Supporters Trust badge. Go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com and sign up today. And Mark, you were doing a bit of trust duty today, weren't you? I was indeed, yeah. We were, we were down at Stamford Bridge. There'll probably be some comms out before the end of the week. Uh, we did the check handing over ceremony with Oswald Skoll Foundation this afternoon. So uh, Alex is one of the residents of Oswald Skoll. He came along this afternoon with a couple of the Oswald Skoll staff. So um, we had some photos taken with the European Cup. So a really nice afternoon. And thanks to Chelsea Football Club for organising it. Lovely. Well done, you. Right, we'll be back in a minute. And when we come back, we're going to be doing... Uh, our best and worst so best result best match worst result worst match we'll see you in a sec real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast proper chelsea footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge, and uh, I feel it's a bit like Celebrity Squares tonight. Remember, I feel very, I feel, I feel a bit like Les Dawson. That's a great program. Yeah, Les Dawson or Bob Monkhouse. You remember that? Was it Les Dawson or Bob Monkhouse? I can't remember now. Both. Monkhouse. Both. Both. Yeah, Celebrity yeah. Squares. So I feel like I've got nine Chelsea celebrities in front of uh-huh. me. Was it Michael Aspel as well for a bit? Or was that something else? Gotta Google this. What was the theme tune to Celebrity Square? I don't remember, but they all sat in these boxes. They were well ahead of their time. They were clearly thinking of Zoom sometime in the distant future. But anyway, we've got Marco Worrell, who you just heard from there, Martin Wickham, Dane Whittle, Mark Meehan, Jonathan Kidd, fresh with a cup of tea. Good on you, JK. Dan Silver, Tony Glover, and the lovely Dean Mears. Now, this part, as I said, we're gonna do our best and worst of the season. Best result, best match, worst result, worst match. Starting off uh, with probably the most obvious, um, I, I think I think this is the only category you'll not be surprised to hear where we have unanimity totally. You found it, Marco. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Even if you have a blankety blank, blankety blank, blankety blank. No, not that. Uh, that that Okay, can it? Let's get on with the show. Right. This best match of the season, or sorry, best result of the season, should I say, total unanimity. Everybody, you will not be amazed to hear. In fact, there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who voted for the Champions League final. Um, The only slight twist on it was Dane, who said any of the three wins 
versus City. So therefore, Dane, to make this a perfect 10, can we say the Champions League final? Oh, well, without doubt. It's only because each of those three games against City, no one gave us a freaking chance. So it was just lovely just sticking it up. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, no. I thought I didn't want it to make it too obvious, you know, like when we've done it before with the 2012 Champions League final. We was like, well, don't vote for that. Tell us about your other great games. But no, yeah, yeah, we'll take the Champions League final. I, I mean, in truth, though, you know, there's there's a distinction between or difference between best result and best match. And by the way, uh, I'll give you a clue. Best match was also the Champions League final, with one honourable exception. But I do think it was the best result because we look. Come on, we're, we're honest with each other. I know that. I don't think any of us really genuinely thought that we would pull it off. You know, I really don't believe that we, any of us really genuinely thought that we'd pull it off. We yeah, but sh- did you think we would win in the semi-final against City? Did you think we'd win away at the Emirates against City? No one did. The, no, the best I tell, thing well, about I, us uh, well, hang on. Changed his tactics three times. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, in the league and the and the cup, yes, because. Pep didn't put his best side out for either of those two games. And I, we all know that what City craved more than anything else is the Champions League. So I, I kind of thought, you know, that they will go all out to win that. And I just felt, I felt that we, we, we had a puncher's chance, but that was about it. And so did the media, so did all the pundits, and we were totally written off. So I think in that context, it's, it was very happily and easily the best result for me because, you know... It wasn't just that we weren't expected to win. It was the way we played. We were superb. I mean, Jonathan was lucky to be enough to be there, as was uh, Martin. Uh, I don't think any of us around the table managed to. But, I mean, we were we played brilliantly, didn't we, Jay? I mean, we did this to death for about five hours on the Champions League aftermath shows. I don't want to revisit that. But we were brilliant. We played brilliantly. It was a genius performance. And the uh, um, uh, I'm just basking in the... And the uh, the effects of it still just quite remarkable. Remarkable. Actually, the best quote I saw the Champions League final was if both teams took their chances, Chelsea would have won 3-0. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't give them a sniff. We were fucking superb that night. Um, so there you go. I think quite rightly the best result. And, and I think quite rightly the best match as well. Although I have to love and respect Martin Wickham for saying Real Madrid at home. Um, I, I think I know why you have, but I'd love it. I'd rather hear it from you. Well, I interpreted best match as best performance, yeah, no, as I... opposed to best result. So, as fantastic as the Champions League final was, I think we could have stuck five on Real Madrid in that game, yeah. thirteen times European champions, yeah. and they we we played them off the pitch. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that was my logic. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Dan, are you just chewing your pen or waiting for? Just, no, chew my pen. Okay. I just think... Fair enough. <laughs> Just an thoroughly enjoyable 90 minutes. And the minute I saw the City teams and the Chelsea teams, I thought, we've got this because he arrogance of the man. And he said the first week, so, so confident. I'm so, so confident we're going to win. <laughs> That's a down, eh? too, But he's not too far off. <laughs> to, be yeah, very, then... to be very fair, to be very fair, we asked the lovely David Walker, uh, who, who's just, <laughs> he's become a bit of a favourite of ours. He's been on here three times because we played them so bloody much recently. I asked him that. I said, "Was Pep being arrogant in that presser?" And he said, "No. What you, you, what the clip you've seen is out of context." He was talking about, "Are you worried about what the referees might do?" And he was really saying, "No, I'm not. I'm. It's up to my players to just be that, and I'm really confident that that's what they'll do." So, 
There you go. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's. Uh, this is the fun bit. The worst result. Uh, again, actually, this is interesting. I mean, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six of us went for the FA Cup final, uh, but it wasn't the only one. Um, there's J.K. went for Arsenal at home. Uh, Tony went for Arsenal at home. Uh, Dane went for Arsenal away, and. Uh, Dan went for West Brom at home. Um, I'm going to start with the cup final. Just pitch him in my own thing, and I and I thought about this because I thought there were there were there were worse results per se. I thought, oh no 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 no, hang on. I can't remember being in such a bad mood after a Chelsea loss for years. You know, I was so so. I mean, I mean, I was really pissed off when we lost to Arsenal and we lost the chance of getting the double. But I was there. There's that thing about this season where if you're not there, you are a bit disconnected from it. So it's kind of a bit easier to just go, ah, what the fuck, you know. Not not the FA Cup final. I, it, it hung around like a bad smell for me for an entire week. And I'll be honest with you, that's quite unusual. I mean, I'm not like Chell Tell who used to like sit in a dark room and not speak to anybody for a week. I'm quite good at bouncing back. But it really fucking hurt. And it really, really pissed me off in a way that losing a football match for you know with Chelsea hasn't done for a long time so I can understand why we voted for that I wonder if people were feeling the same Martin yeah well I was in the ground you were there weren't it you pissed me off no end it was a combination of you know the late VAR decision frankly some of the nauseating hypocrisy around Leicester City being some massive underdog story when they're funded by a, a Thai billionaire I'm just it just wound me up no end and this whole thing of it saving football was just absolutely sickening the fact is as well for the most part we didn't turn up I can't um, yeah at the same time Casper Schmeichel has to make two world class saves at the end and if that equaliser isn't ruled out I think we take it in extra time yeah, no, there was the VAR as well I mean Marco you you made a thing of this as well I mean I, one of the things I didn't add was that the other the other thing well, I remember we talked about it at the time but I, I had a suspicion that, that Tuchel had longed it off because he wanted he had his eyes on the top four and the Champions League, and that pissed me off too because the cup's really important to us, isn't it? Absolutely, and I, and I think you know, for me, that going to that game that that was the first game I Chelsea game I've been to um, since the Everton home game. I didn't go to the Leeds league game in, in November, um, and it, it was just great. Everything beforehand was you know buzzing. Um, seeing people they hadn't seen for a year. Everybody was up for it, apart from the team. Um, you know, we had a few chances in the first half and then it was just, just knew what was going to happen. You know, it was as miserable as the rain. Um, oh, yeah, it getting drowned didn't help either. Fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just felt cheated by that performance mm. Um, mm. And, and disappointed. Quite right, Mark. Me and yeah, I, I echo what the guys have said. Like, you know, I don't get sort of pissed off these days about Chelsea, you know, losing too often. And like last year, losing at the FA Cup final was frustrating because we weren't there. So we had the opportunity, you know, to to go back. I was with Marco. We had absolutely fantastic pre-match drink. You know, just going down on the train, just so looking forward to winning the FA Cup. It's what we do. We've been doing it for so many years. For the team not to turn up was just so annoying, so frustrating. Grew at Martin, the manner of Chilwell's goal being delayed, you know, uh, disallowed so late on. 
And that holier than now shit about Leicester fans, my God, that got on my nerves. You know, they were horrible bastards many times that we've been up to Leicester in the past. Their fans aren't these angels they painted out to be. You know, they got nasty. And they've never bloody come to Stamford Bridge either in terms of bringing in the way support. So that pissed me off as well. <laughs> and then the rain was just shades of 94 and Man United all over again. So we were going to go for a beer afterwards, you know, and we didn't get very far. We literally found the first place open and dived in there for a drink. Just really, very, very near the stadium. We were that pissed off. We needed a drink badly. But there was a, a nice end to the evening. I ended up with Mr. Wickham in a pub in Subway Town. You know, so, you know, for every bad, there's good. So we had a little drink to see, see out at the end of the day, which was a shit fucking day. Yeah, quite Rain right. Rain fucked off by then as well, <laughs> which is handy if you drink it outside. I, I, I have to say, I, I I mean, I know, I know, I mean, you know, Tony, I actually t- talked to Tony and JK about Arsenal at home. Tony? Well, I, I mean, I, I've been a fan since 1970 and spent most of the 70s like the skinny bloke in the Charles Atlas adverts, having sand kicked in our face by Arsenal as they won doubles and Christ only knows what. So I've never liked them. I don't want to like them. I've got a couple of very good friends who are Arsenal fans, and obviously they're not on the same scale of disdain as as the other North London lot. But this is the worst Arsenal side in living memory for me. They've never been as dismal as they are now and they came to Stamford Bridge and did one on us. And I, I'm sorry, it, that I, 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 someone else, I can't remember if it was Marco that, that tweeted that night. It was very, very similar to that poxy night under Benitez when QPR came to Stamford Bridge and did us 1-0, right? And, and no matter what we did, they absolutely shithoused that game out and Arsenal did the same. And it disappointed me because... This is the, the the one thing I've always got these dubious things about the the managers that that we have like Tuchel and, and and people like that is they they don't get what a London derby you know really means in the sense you know of what it means to the fans um, and so we end up in this god awful bloody game uh, against the team that we should honestly we should have been rumbling through them and sticking four on them. And, and we go and lose. And I just can't... I mean, even... I can take the occasional... I know you're going to come to it, like, you know, kick in the face like West Brom. That's always a banana skin, that kind of game. But Arsenal at home, the worst Arsenal team in my living memory, and they do us. And I can only remember, like, QPR doing the same. He's mm-hmm. not mentioned how we conceded the goal either. No, well, yeah. I mean, they didn't exactly. I mean, it was just a horror show. Yeah. Uh, JK, I mean, got anything to add to what Tony said about that? Um well, I think it was one's hatred for Havertz reached its nadir after he missed that first goal. Um, but uh, isn't it interesting how only four games later he is uh, the toast of the bridge? That's um, football, as Marco said earlier, mate. Indeed, absolutely. But I agree completely with everything Tony said. It, yeah. It's the fact that it was the worst, the worst uh, Arsenal team. And as a preparation for the uh, cup final, it was awful. But no, I agree completely. It was a toss-up between the cup final and the Arsenal game for me. Yeah, it was um, quite a close thing, I think. It was very close. But the the, the, the cup final left me completely livid. Um, but so so did the Arsenal game. So in the end, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you went you went for the slightly the the the, the Arsenal took the edge on the lividness. Um, worst match. Um, I mean, West Brom at home got the majority of the votes. One, two, three, four. Uh, Arsenal at home came in, Arsenal away again. Um, 
Leicester away. Clayton went for Leicester away, and I can understand why he did. I've got to ask Dean about Fulham away. I mean, I know it was turgid. Is that what you were going for? Well, that was the the game where, sort of, for me, it was like that's the end of Lampard. You know, Fulham down to ten men. You know, the worst team in the Premier League. Well, one of the worst teams in the Premier League, and we looked clueless. We looked like we didn't know what we were doing, and you know, sadly, it looked like a reflection of the manager at the time. And you know, for me, that was the end, and it, it proved to be really, didn't it? In a way, I suppose it it, it did. I mean, Dane, you went for uh, City. Uh, at home when we got dubbed three one. I mean, uh, similarly for you. Yeah, again, you know that's why I, I, you know, I put any one of the City victories as as as, as my match result of the season because City at home was just, you know, I, I went in it with a little bit of a confidence, but that freaking De Bruyne just run the show and he's he annoys the fuck out of me. I'm sorry, and so I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't too uh, too upset with Rudiger putting. <laughs> Shoulder on him or something in the his face final. in a plastic bag. <laughs> and then walking off crying. Sorry, it's out of order, but you know, I, I had a little tickle because he run the show at Stamford Bridge and they did, and they they really made us uh made us look a, a second best but in a big way. And you if you fit if you can I know it's it's a bit much to ask, but to go back and watch that that game and then see how far off we were to pace against them and to see then then watch the other three games where we were better than them. In the same season, uh, it's an amazing turnaround. So all the praise to go on that one. Yeah, I, in, indeed. I, I, the, the, I mean, you know, there, there's sense to all of them. I mean, the West Brom uh, at home, which me, Tony, uh, Marco, uh, Mark went for, uh, still it still edges it. But I mean, Marco, why, why the West Brom at home? Is it just because we were so completely and utterly abject and got done by Sam Allardyce? In a nutshell, I mean, <laughs> five goals. <laughs> and I mean, goals scored by someone who only ever scores against Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. The Callum Robinson effect. Yeah, it's just so Chelsea, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It um, is. I, I don't know. I was just dumbfounded. Um, didn't didn't we didn't we take the lead in there? Yeah. Well, they're like, they're still, we got sent off and then they yeah. turned it around. They got two goals just before half-time. Yeah. One and that was it. We were clueless, absolutely bloody clueless that day. I think what pissed me off so much about that match is why I voted for it. There was a real sense they just like they just turned their toes up and, and gave up. Oh, why well, we ain't going to win this? So we just we get if we get thumped eight, it doesn't matter. We'll just like we'll go on to the next match and win that, and we won't be bothered. And I and I tell you what, actually, I don't think they'd have ever got away with that had there been a full stadium. You know. No. Because we'd have been on their fucking case. <laughs> they would have been on their case all match. And I, I think they might have found a bit of fight, but they just looked at me like, ah, oh, fuck it. Well, whatever. We lost yeah. this one. doesn't matter now. Well, the Leicester game at the bridge contrasts with the Arsenal game at the bridge. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Not night and day. Right, chaps. Uh, we've got one more part to go. Very quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking about the kind of just wrapping it all up, really rating the season. Uh, comparing the season with another one. I wonder what we might go for. And uh, my favourite, our best personal moments of the season. Don't go away. We will be back in a second. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! 
footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stephen Chidge, and of course, we've got a full house tonight, almost. Full house minus two. We can't quite field an 11, so we're looking for a couple of part-time stragglers or even ringers to complete the show. No, we're not really. We've got Martin Wickham. Evening. We've got the lovely Marco Worrell, uh, birthday boy from yesterday. Did you have a nice day yesterday? Did you drink lots of limoncello? Found a new drink, meloncello. Meloncello. That sounds like it does damage on the way down. <laughs> Tell us more, Marco. Meloncello. Um, I'll go and get a bottle while we have the break. I'll show you. <laughs> but drunk with uh, a bit of champagne, Ooh. a bit of soda water in there. Lovely. Saturday I went out, we were up in Soho with a couple of mates. Started out. I saw you were, you were in the crown. Yeah. Saw the tweet, yeah. mate. Lovely tweet. In the street. <laughs> yeah. Stay free, mate. Town was absolutely heaving. Was it? Oh, um, uh, incredible. You would never have believed there was... Any, anything going on didn't see any bloody masks anybody wearing any masks um crazy yeah, yeah. i see that they they pedestrianized a lot of soho at the weekend you know, yeah. i mean all the way along um i mean we started in the spice and then sort of meandered along old compton street and then sort of round the back and it's just everywhere shut off to traffic and all the tables are out it's a brilliant see um they put all the prices up. Yeah. Extraordinarily expensive mm. afternoon now. Capped off by me going into a news agent and saying, Can I have ten Marlboro lights, please? And the tobacconist went, You don't smoke very often. And I went I went, No, no, we're just being naughty today. I said, I'll have twenty and he went, That's fifteen ninety nine. You mm. what? I couldn't believe it. Don't the what? Packet of salmon, sixteen sobs for some smokes, oh, mate. Unbelievable. Because I mean, I, as you can tell, the last time I smoked, they were about ten or a packet. So mm. bloody hell, I'm shocked. Anyway, I'm glad you had a nice, nice weekend, mate. You deserve oh, it after this yeah. year. You really, really do. Bless you. Uh, we've also got the lovely Dame Whittle. Evening. And our next square on Celebrity Squares, Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. And uh, the star of the show. It's not me. I know you will think it's me. It's not me. It's it actually Jonathan you. Kidd. It's Jonathan Kidd. Stop being so self-effacing. The man it's with you. star quality. It's in your it jeans, mate. It doesn't suit you, this self-effacing. <laughs> no, okay. I'll just return to being a wanker again. That's much more me, isn't it? Uh, but good to see you, mate, as always. What a what a long old season we've had. Team company. It really brilliant. Brilliant. It? It's every, lovely to have a full house. Every person on the show here contributes so much. Yeah. It's so terrific there's no other podcast that that can no. do this look at this we've got marco martin you mark dane dean tony dan i mean i mean we, and, and that's you know we've got clayton and alex you couldn't make it uh, this is why we're in my humble or clearly not so humble opinion think that's why we are the best so there you go we've also got the lovely dan silver oh hello the wonderful tony glover Bonsoir. I must come and see you for a pint down in Clanfield, you, mate. You must do, mate. You yeah. must. We're going to sort that out, yeah? Yes, we will, yes. We have to. Okay, it'll be done. I'll, I'll need to find somebody who can take me home. That's the trouble. But... Yeah, don't worry, I'll sort that out okay, for you. Okay, we'll get a taxi or something anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, finally, the lovely, lovely, lovely Dean Mears. And I, I, if I forget later, because I've had a third Guinness, 
I just want to say thank you, Dean, for your brilliant contribution sorting out the website this season and all the articles you write, and also fantastically for the Went to Mo King's Meadow. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you um, for hosting it and you know, for having me on the show. No, it's always a pleasure, mate. And of course, Dane, well done for the Instagram. Uh, the Instagram to me is a bit like FIFA 20, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a bit of season at the moment, which, uh, you know, as you say, you know, when you ask for people for questions, you know, we get a lot of DMs and and inquiries through Instagram. And I've had to apologise to a few, you know, for getting back to them so lazily. But I've said I would like Chelsea. We're on pre-season at the moment. We are. We are. I didn't even advertise the night show. No, no. But I thought I don't. I mean, and, and I didn't either. You know, this is kind of this is the point. In a way, this is for us tonight. And just wait to the 24th, mate. I am going to be so battered. I'm going to probably have to crawl all the way home to Winchester. (laughs) You know. How many chains are you getting to miss? Like the last time. Well, I can't miss the the last one. No, not the last one, obviously. But, you know. Well, we're starting at half. Sorry, Marco. I fell asleep on the train home on Saturday and woke up in Dorking. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Dorking was a place in China until I discovered Smirnoff. <laughs> Mark, you've got your hand up. Uh, the best bit about the 24th is when you were talking about people don't know about booking it to the 24th, and they said you have to spend a minimum of 500 quid. Yeah. And you said, no. That's the lunch service, mate. Come on. <laughs> well, we, we, we've got it's a half 12 kickoff, which I think gives us a good shot. You know, so there we go. I'm really looking forward to seeing you because I mean, I think this, people don't realize how shit it's been here. I haven't seen some of my, my favorite people in the world other than on Zoom for over a year. You know, people that I would see every week or two for a drink in the pub and talk bollocks with and, and then do a podcast with. So I'm. I'm I'm so looking forward to it, I tell you, anyway. Uh, right, let's move on. We're going to rate the season, compare the season, and give our best personal moment. You will not be surprised to know that we rated this season quite highly, actually. Uh, we averaged 8.7, uh, but there are a couple of 10s floating around. JK and Clayton gave a 10. Uh, Dean, Dane, uh, Dan uh, gave it a 9. And uh, me... Marco, Martin and Mark were a bit more circumspect giving it eight. Tony, 8.5. What was the point five for, Tony? Just because it, I think it just went it went beyond expectations. I, I, I really didn't have any expectations other than a top four place maybe. Um, and I, I felt we might get to an FA Cup final. Um, I, I didn't dream about the Champions League. I just didn't think we'd, we'd have the, the minerals to, to, to do what we did there. Um, and, and, you know, any season with a trophy is good. And I think we've... Well, the last one we got was, was Sarri, wasn't it? Wasn't it the... Um... Can't, can't remember that one. Does it count? Yeah. You, you wrote <laughs> the league one, was it, I the, think? The, the final in Baku that I yeah. think a handful of people could get to. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it, it's been a bit of a... A disappointment, I suppose, not a disappointment, since we all knew there was a rebuild that needed to be done, there, there needed to be stuff done. So, yeah, I think it has gone beyond my expectations. And I, I think if I was picking any trophy I, next year, I, I want the Premier League. I couldn't give a fuck about any of the others. I want the Premier League. I want that one back. Um, I want our name on I that I want trophy. that one. Yeah, I, well, I do. I do. And I, I don't care too much about any of the others, really. The Champions League. No. Club World Cup. But, you know, the fact that we've now got the two stars. The fact that we're the only team in London to have any stars 
it's a joy. It's a sheer joy because a lot of my friends are either Spurs or Arsenal or you know West Ham and and that sort of stuff. And and so it's a joy to be able to say it doesn't even matter if one of you win it once because yeah, we've done we've it still twice. done it twice and before you. I mean, it's kind of it's really. I, I sit I sit here feeling a bit cheerless saying we've given this season on average eight point seven, and I think there's a very good case to be made for saying we should give this season eleven. In proper spinal tap <laughs> meanings, you know, because let's be honest, uh, you know, and we, well, I alluded to this, Marco, didn't I, at the beginning? This has been, I mean, and I love you for so many things, but I think for the use, the appropriate use of the word glorious unpredictability, um, which I think you coined better than everybody else, there is no other season quite like this one in terms of the mentalness of it even 2012 is not quite as mental as this season in terms of up and downness adding covid and the pandemic not being there all of that and then getting this mad bloody german who's brilliant turns it all around and we win the bloody champions league and we're i think we're being a bit too nonchalant here i think we need to lose this nonchalance and go absolutely mental and apeshit say we want the fucking champions league when we we might not even finish in the top four god damn it it's superb, isn't it? Only yeah. incredible. Well, by the way, what happens about does does the fifth place team now qualify? Or? No, I don't know. Who cares? No, they don't know. Who, they fuck don't. them. I don't care. Marco, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say it's it's the Chelsea thing, isn't it? It is. There's, there's no other team um, consistently uh, upsets the apple cart. Confounds the critics, pisses people off, mate. The window than Chelsea. Yeah, it's mm. it's wonderful. It's lovely, and it's it's, and I and I I still testify. I would testify to this that the reason we won the Champions League was that I made a decision before the game to renew my season ticket, and I and I got myself into a stupor that was if I don't renew my season ticket before the game, we won't win it. <laughs> so I, I kind of put myself in a position where I had to commit, and I did. Uh, but I mean, I think it's been an amazing season. I really, really do. And as I said, I feel a bit churlish that we've only given it eight point seven. I mean, in terms of a comparison, uh, having having said about five times tonight, well, we have unanimity here, and everybody voted for it, and of course, then realised that other people didn't. I'm about to say the same for the fact that we've all compared this to 2012. Understandably, not just because we won the Champions League, but because it was a roller coaster. The only person who didn't put anything was J.K. I, I didn't understand the question. Compare the se- what's what is there a season <laughs> that reminds you, or, or that this season reminds you of? Yeah, I, I didn't get that from compare the 1912 season. or something. I don't know. I just didn't get that. I saw compare the season, and I thought, with okay, with... okay, it's appalling English. I grant you. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose, yeah, I suppose, yeah, two thousand and twelve makes sense now that you mention it. I noticed everybody else put two thousand and twelve, and I thought, I still don't know. I think I'm missing something here. So, you were uh... Arsenal fan in two thousand and twelve. Well, no, but I, there isn't any other season that you couldn't you couldn't compare it with. There isn't any other. Is it, is, it, is, it, have... is it incomparable? Is that what you're saying? Is this season incomparable? Well, um, it's it's like asking. It's like saying. Similarly, rate the season as you said, Chidge. It's just, you know, we I, I keep we we won the Champions League. I don't know how twice, often twice. We, There's no, so no, many pa- so many parallels though in terms of like not just parallels. Chelsea, 
but other stuff going on in in the wider society. I can't think off the top of my head, but people going, this has happened. Chelsea won the Champions League. You know, I suppose happened. you know. Chelsea I agree. Also, the League. thing with the final about everybody saying you're going to lose it, and everybody saying you, you haven't got a yeah. chance, and even even Germans wandering past us, you're going to lose five nil. Exactly the same way as all the City fans wandering past. You're going to lose 5 nil. you're shit. You know, oh, the so, fuck uh, Chelsea, London. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah, so, uh, so yes, yes. But I, I, I'll keep going about this. You know, that we, the, we, we are champions of Europe. I mean, for goodness sake, this just... Do you know what? I've decided, I've decided something in the off-season. If I can find somebody who can, like, fart around with the original graphics I've got. But if you think about our logo, which is the Guinness and the celery with Chelsea Fancast on the Guinness glass on the background of the of the Matthew Harding, or as Dave likes to say, the Matthew, uh, get it right. I'm thinking I might put two stars either side oh, of that pint of Guinness. Two I gold stars. Perfect. Do you think we should I, do that? 100%. Fucking right. Okay, I'll do go that and on get Canva, on it. What? what? I can do that on Canva for you. What about, two point, what about two points of Guinness? And a packet of crisps, please! <laughs> uh, it's just, it's, it's bloody incredible. We think we've won Champions League twice. Actually, no, twice. I wasn't thinking of the Champions League, Dan. I was thinking of doing it kind of retroactively about the fact that we've won two awards. Oh, yeah, true. I mean, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad Chelsea have caught up finally, you know. Is it the Chish, the Chishpins League? <laughs> the Ch- <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I think I'm going to get that done. That's great. Okay, look. Okay, I think we can all, all all decide that it does compare rather beautifully with 2012. Now, this is the bit that I've been most looking forward to all night because this is personal. This is where we all give out our 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 you know favourite personal moment of the season. And I'm going to start with good old Dino. Dino. Yeah, mine was you know, going back in November to the Leeds game. Um, one of the first 2000 back because you know. Personally, I've been someone that's taken, you know, the opportunity to go for granted and, you know, miss games when I've had stuff on and not really give it a second thought. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can't go and no one can go. Then, you know, to have the opportunity to be one of the first back and it was such a special game. You know, the atmosphere was amazing. Uh, you know, seeing, you know, Frank and the boys uh, beat Leeds obviously was very special. Yeah, just to, just to be there and have the opportunity again when you, know, you weren't sure if you were going to be able to for, for how long. Uh, you know, since then I haven't been, and other people have had the opportunity to. But you know, yeah, being back at the bridge was was definitely the highlight of the season for me. Yeah, understandably so in this funny old season. Uh, Dane, you were a bit cryptic about yours. Yeah, no, it was the uh, the plus and minus of not going. You know, I haven't missed the final since the uh, nineteen eighty six. Obviously, last time we beat obviously Man City in the final. You know. I, I've had a bit of a shit year, a shit few months. I made the decision. You know, I had it in the basket, you know. I'm seasonally cut older. I had it in the basket, the two tickets to go. And I made the decision not to go based on personal family reasons. And But to share that night with people that... I've only got two season tickets. I'm only ever going to share it with one person and, and the people around us, you know, the, the, the finals, you know, the Munich, Amsterdam, Stockholm, all the previous ones I've been to. So to share it with, you know, my wife, who was a, a season ticket older herself in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, my children, the in-laws, it was just a special moment uh, that I, I never would have had because usually I would have gone. Yeah, I, I kind of, I get that. It's been, I mean, this is why it's been such a weird season. It's a bit mixed because I've not been there and I and I, I really felt it badly not being in Porto. Mm. Um and also, I think I'll F- always regret it, but 
uh, yeah. I, I think I made the right decision not yeah, to do it. Well, I, don't, I just didn't really. I mean, the thing that pissed me off most about it was that normally the issue for me is I just don't have the money. This time I've got the fucking money, but I don't have the time. Mm. And of course, I, I seem to be screwed somewhat on the loyalty points for reasons I still can't fathom out, apart from the, the box office of Dan Silver maybe taking the blame for that one. But actually, it's my fault, not Dan's, I hasten to add. Uh, Mr. Meehan, uh, you've got a, a, a wonderfully uh, esoteric choice here. Uh, thank you, thank you, sir. Yeah, so a big thanks from me, and I think I said it on the last show, just Indeed. being invited to come on the Chelsea Fancast as the free transfer. <laughs> in the, in the last you year. are our Tiago Silva, mate. You know Tiago Silva role, yeah. Uh, just absolutely, you know, thank you so much for doing that. The Mondays and Fridays, so look forward to. Just keeps me sane with all that, you know, outside COVID madness, working from home nonsense, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then the other one is obviously just, thanks to Marco, just being back at Stamford Bridge for the Leicester game at the end of the season, which is absolutely fantastic. Only 8,000 there. But those 8,000, the atmosphere they created, you would think 40,000 were actually in the ground that night. And I'm absolutely spot on what Dane said as well. I completely get where he was coming from. I didn't go out of Porto. So again, you know, if I was going to watch the final anywhere, I'll watch it with the people I've got to foot with for donkey's years. So completely see where Dane's coming from. Yeah. Just to... Uh... Reciprocate in a sense, Mark. We, we, you. I cannot tell you how. I mean, I've got to know you. I mean, I've known you for a while, but I've got to know you really, really well this year, and it's been an absolute delight for me. And particularly, you know, a really difficult time with all the COVID and shit. But I also, more to the point, I can't tell you enough how lucky and privileged we are to have somebody of your, you know, background, esteem in the Chelsea circles, and your knowledge on this show. I mean, I know J.K. always calls you the fish brain. But I mean, we're 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 just really lucky to have you on board. So uh, the the praise really should be from us to you, and our thanks should be from us to you rather than the other way around. But thank you, mate. No, thank you too. You're very kind. There we go. Um, right, uh, Mr. Wickham. Mark, oh, sorry, J.K. Quick, quick interjection. Correct. I don't think I've ever called Mark the fish brain. You did earlier on. Do you want me the to rewind? Do you want me to rewind and prove it? Yeah, but that was that was because I was under pressure because I was being somebody came to the door and suggested I leave, which wasn't a very good idea. Um, <laughs> but no, I, what I went, meant by that was because a fish brain would obviously be like a goldfish and couldn't remember anything. Or, <laughs> which, which, which is complete opposite of what I was suggesting. Was he's a man who clearly eats a lot of fish? Because <laughs> memory is getting so it remarkable. dead right here. <laughs> <laughs> On that point, Martin. Um, well, got, I'll, follow I'll, that. I'll, well, I was fortunate enough to be in Porto, so that's got to be got to be the moment for me. I mean, I'm, I ummed and odd about it, and then fear of missing out just kicked in. So I thought, fuck it, book it, take the risk. And then I thought the most nervous thing about it would be waiting for the COVID test results to come back. And then I endured that second half. So there you go. <laughs> Excellent. No, I, well, anybody was lucky enough to be there. Uh, I. I I, I challenge anybody to think of a better uh, personal memory from the season. Uh, Marco. Uh, well, as quite a few people know, I've had a bit of a rough year. I, mm. I, in fact, I'm not entirely sure how many games I would have got to had it been a normal season. Um, so, sort of not having gone to a game for um, over a year anyway, because of the COVID thing, the, the, the cup final day for me, irrespective of the football, as, as it so often is, was was all about just sort of the, the day, seeing people again, saying hello, uh, and all of that 
wonderful crack that there is to be had um, at a football that uh, uh, going to going to football games that you kind of you don't forget, but it's when you experience it again you realise you know how wonderful it is and and how lucky we are to be able to 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 actually go to games and to have you know that that circle of people that that we know be that on a you know a true friendship basis or nodding terms or you know i mean there's people i saw on cup final day whose names i don't know i've been nodding at for 40 years um you know all all of those things that um a part and parcel of going to football and what football is all about they they were the things that um you know, I immersed myself in on on Cup Final Day. Mm. So, yeah, I, t- I totally. I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I haven't made a game back yet, and and you know, those of you who have are all speaking in such wonderful, glowing terms about exactly what you just said, Marco. And uh, I feel shit that I haven't been to a game, but I totally get what you're you're, you're talking about, and I I think I shall probably melt down. Uh, on August the 14th if we get a home game because it'll be the first time I've been in, in a place that I dearly love with people that I dearly love as well and I think it's going to be hugely emotional um, find out on Wednesday that's when the fixtures are out well indeed yeah they are out uh, that caught me by surprise yeah, when I saw are. it earlier today they are out on, on Wednesday um, I was going to say something else but I've completely forgotten it so don't worry uh, but Marco yeah I, I echo that totally mate um Oh, I know what I was going to say. Yeah, I saw a, a, a psycho Phil sent me a few photos that Stuart Norman had sent him of his time in, 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 in Moscow, uh, uh, in Porto. And uh, he took a couple of photographs. He was in a pub and he was there. Stuart was there with Darren Mantle and and uh, Gary Mantle as well. And, I was, and, and Steve, all the Mantles. And I was just thinking, fuck, you know, that was almost the old Munich crew back together. And, of course, I looked at it and thought, no, I'm not there. Phil's not there. Tell's not there. All these people are not there. But the thing that intrigued me most was there are a couple of blokes there who I see every time we go to the Victoria Pub in Paddington for a cup final or a semi-final. They're always in there. And, and you know, I've seen them a bit like you said, Marco. I've only ever nodded to them. I couldn't tell you their names if my life depended on it, but I know them. <laughs> I know them on nodding terms at Chelsea matches and Chelsea pubs, and in a in a funny sense, I was just so delighted to see them in this photograph that that uh, of Stuart in in Porto, and it was like brilliant. I had this long chat with Phil about it, so I know exactly what you mean. Uh, Danny boy, Leicester home. It was a little bit of normality going to the pub before the match, seeing lots of people I know. Going back to Stamford Bridge, my second home. It was just came out of that with just the most incredible high for the shit I've been through this year as well. It was just, it was fantastic. It just, it's comforting, you know, it's like a comfort blanket. You're seeing people you know, you're getting to Chelsea, you're winning a match, everything about it, all the evocative sounds, smells. Oh, it, was, it was literally the highlight of the year so far. It just meant so much to be back, back at something that gives you that kind of lovely kind of hug you can't get anywhere else in life. It was really good, really, really good. Mm. Now, I, I will say goodbye and thanks to everybody later on, but I can't let this slip. I've just noticed again, Dan, you're in the room with the uh, stick-on letters. Yeah, my nephew's room. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you, have you ever been tempted to kind of, 
you know, write some particularly interesting things using the letters on the wall? As I Unfortunately, they're stuck to the wall. They're not ones you can peel off because uh, I've definitely written, like, fuck Tottenham or something. Yeah, I, I was, that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> anyway, all right, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you off in that case. But yeah, again, you know, being back in the pub, being back at the matches, it's, it's coming out hugely for everybody here. Tony Glover. Good evening. What can I say? Um, I was in Brecon. And uh, after a much a long um, awaited break, because obviously the last break we had in Brecon um, coincided with the, the sad passing of my, my father-in-law and we had to come home early and, and like that. So I was looking forward to it because I was starting to turn into a absolute basket case. It was just, just sat in front of screens all day long and whatever. Um, and when we got there, there was no signal, no signal, no mobile signal on any of the operators. Uh, there was Sky TV, but they didn't have the sports package or BT Sport. I tried streaming BT Sport from home to my iPad over the Wi-Fi, only to find that that's that off-network streaming is blocked by Virgin Media or BT Sport, and that the only way I could sign up to watch the game was to agree to pay twenty-seven quid a month or whatever it was to BT Sport. So, failing all of that and knowing that there were no pubs anywhere within ten miles that was showing the Champions League final, um, I decided to fucking switch everything off and go and sit in this glorious hot tub on this balmy summer's evening with some Prosecco and my family, and we just chatted shit. And it took my mind completely away from the game until about 10 minutes before the end of the game. We, we decided we'd had enough because we were starting to look a bit prune-like with the, the, the effects of the hot tub. And I went up, had a quick shower, came down, said, I thought, oh, fuck it, I've got to look at my phone. Right, I've got to go look and see if there's anything on there on the Wi-Fi. Not enough Wi-Fi to stream, but enough to get messages. Um, and I saw something in, I think it might have been, it was either in the Fancast WhatsApp group or uh, the virtual pub group. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, and I hit the button and it was Chidge singing, we won it again, we won it again, fuck <laughs> off Tottenham, we won it again. <laughs> And I thought, oh, well, that's promising. <laughs> so, uh, the next thing, as I was reading that, a friend of mine who's an Arsenal fan who's got the, it, it, where we are in France with the mobile home, he's on the pitch opposite and the long one, Dr Mick, and he lives in Dublin. He's an Arsenal fan. And we we have this kind of like letters to each other every week. We, 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 we converse on football week in, week out. Well, and our politics and all sorts of stuff. So there's quite a tomb of writings that has been building. And as I was playing that back, up popped the Gmail notification from Dr. Mickey Whelan, and it just said, well done, great performance. And so at that point, I thought, well, that, that does look good now. So I'm <laughs> thinking we won it again. I've got Dr. Mick telling us that we've won it again. I'm half, half cut, of course, on Prosecco. Um, uh, and, and, and I think cider. I can't remember what I was drinking in the hot tub. Uh, and so it was then a mad scrabble to find any fucking sports channel or channel with news and clips or anything on it. But um, yeah, it was good. It was. It, I gotta say, I, I missed the excitement of the live match, but it was also the mes most stress-free, relaxing cup final I've ever sat through <laughs> in my entire fucking life. So it was a it was a beautiful moment. Uh, I didn't have a victory cigar because I didn't have any cigars with me and I'd forgotten my vape. Um, but I, I did raise a glass of bubbly and my son-in-law walked into the room and he's a Fulham fan. And I just said to him, 
I can't even say to you, oh, one day, son, this will all be yours. Because you fucking won't. Because you should have put Oh, brilliant, Tony. Uh, well, I mean, it's just, just on the WhatsApp group uh, thing. I mean, I, I think the, the WhatsApp group has been uh, been great fun this year, you know, because so many of us have not been at the matches. And, of course, you know, and I'm very conscious of the fact that if we were at the matches, none of the WhatsApp group during the matches would be going on. And, you know, I wouldn't be writing notes during the game because I'd be far too pissed and preoccupied with the game. And there's a uniqueness to that this season. But it's been... A real pleasure and a joy. So well done, all of you, for contributing in the way that you have. Now, Clayton's not here, but Clayton says, which is a lovely sentiment, actually, watching all the games with the boy, um, his wonderful son, Charlie, he's been able to watch every single Chelsea game with him at home this season, which, of course, he wouldn't have been able to do. But he also says Leicester at home, and I think uh, he echoes Mark Mark's comments on that, about how wonderful... Uh, that was to actually, you know, be at a game again and how fantastic the atmosphere was. Uh, JK, uh, would you surprise us with your selection? Well, funnily enough, I suggested that um, it was uh, going to Porto and uh, unlike the easiest uh, cup final ever for Tony, the second half was... I would say not the second half as such could be played excellently. It was the last seven minutes in particular when... um, we were counting down to the 90, and I thought he won't get that seven, but he won't. But he, what you forget, of course, was he was a proper referee. So he actually added off the correct amount of time for the substitutions and the injuries. So why were we surprised? So to actually have seven minutes um, was just hell. And uh, that was when um, uh, uh, Alex, who I was watching the second half um, with, she was just below me, um, took a picture of me and posted. JK is shitting himself. And I denied this last week on the show. But in actual fact, the reality was that I actually managed to call one of the Man City players a fuck pig, which is something that uh, um, which, I don't Which one? Which one? Do. Um, uh, I think it was uh, somebody who committed a foul on 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 Dave, actually. And, uh, um, Danish, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she used it as an opportunity to take this picture of me um, you, you couldn't really tell my expression because I was wearing a mask. Um, but uh, it was uh, the most tense I think I've ever been at a football match. No, um, possibly the 1970 Cup final replay um, uh, because it was the first time I'd ever seen the team win a trophy. So uh, um, after Webby had scored the goal. Um, but there was a similarity there and it... Uh, but it it was quite remarkable. I will keep going on about this. I keep I keep just I just and you I can't think believe the, it, can you? I can't. But I think the media response to the team winning has been absolutely appalling. Yeah, I don't care. Awful. Fuck them. No, but no, but yeah, fuck them. But at the same time, um, you know that the, there would be uh, interviews with every single um, Liverpool player going on even through the European Championships if Liverpool had won it again, or even just. When, when they did win it, it just went on and on and on and about how wonderfully they played. They they really have not wanted us to win, and and I, I that for me that that made it even the even sweeter. Yeah, the whole experience of that. I think I think the trick is to not win it in a, a international tournament year. But you know who cares? Yes, Fuck them, quite frankly. And uh, what I know if what I found out last week was um, I, Tammy Abraham and me were doing exactly the same fucking thing during the extra time, which was literally being this annoying countdown. But going, ah. fuck, two minutes, two ah. minutes, 
Fucking 90 seconds. Blow up, you bald Spanish oh, bastard. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was literally counting down. I was like, of course, of two, course. That's got to be two minutes. Fuck off. That's one minute. <laughs> it yeah. was. Well, I mean, I, say, uh, I wish I'd been sitting next to you because I, I loved that. I'd no, loved I, that. I was a combination of the speaking clock and Father Jack. It was terrible. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 but, I mean, how long is there to go, Martin? How long is there to go? Because I was sitting there going. <laughs> no, me, and two, know, me and two, this other guy who I'd never met in my life, and we yeah. were literally rushing to. That's five minutes. Yeah, five minutes, five minutes, all this stuff. And then I watched this... in front of me who actually wouldn't watch the last five minutes. He just was on his head his hands. Yeah. And, I, and I just kept hitting, I, I kept stroking, bizarrely stroking his back, not sexually at all, but slightly worryingly. Just going, going, mate, it's okay, it's okay. We haven't, they haven't scored. They're still, it's okay. The ball's up our end. We're doing okay. It's all right. It's all right. They're doing commentary so, for oh, the blind or something. Enjoyed, I mean, that, uh, when Morris had that shot, I mean, my heart was in my mouth for like a second. It was almost like, oh, phew. I mean, I have Last to. Minute. I have to say that it was it was equally tense and unbearable sitting in my living room. That's all I'm going to say. It was horrible but brilliant at the same time. And I think the hit the thing about the media, I wouldn't worry about them. The glory is ours not to share. Is how I would put that. Um, now, um, I, I, I I I sit here listening very jealously of all of your stories about what it was like to be back at games or being at Porto. Things that I'd have loved to have done. So my my uh, best personal kind of Chelsea-related moment this season pales into, into insignificance. But I am particularly proud of managing to honour my promise made before the Champions League final that if we did win, I would, on my own, whilst doing the show, drink a bottle of, uh, as it happens, Canard Duchenne champagne and smoke a victory Monte Cristo number no. 3. And, oh man! And and man. I I, I did honour my my promise, did I not? J.K. Who else was on the Champions League show? Martin was. Yeah. Mark. Yeah, was. You, you you weren't exactly sharing it, were you? It was really hard to Martin. I know. To be fair, I know. Oh, no, yeah, there there was that slight geographical barrier. Yeah, but I think I did very very well to drink an entire bottle of champagne and smoke a cigar and still do a bloody great big show, which actually I think is one of the most listened to shows we've ever done. In modern times, so I think it went down rather well. So a lot uh, of kudos, didn't it, Chidge? It got remarks. So I've got new new listeners yeah. on Twitter saying I've just heard this, and it was uh, it was the best podcast of just listening to people's experiences of yeah. watching the game and how the game everybody was playing. They we got some very good responses from that. It's what we have always been about, and what we are about. Uh, but I mean, rumours that I will now drink a bottle of champagne and smoke a cigar on every Chelsea fancast are completely untrue and will not happen. So there you go. Uh, a fine way to end uh, what has been a just a tremendous, tremendous season. It really has. I mean, you know, for Chelsea, obviously, off the pitch, not so much because we've not, for most of the season, we've not been able to go. There are many here. I, I suspect we've lost a few listeners to COVID. Um, I'm sure many of our listeners have lost loved ones too. And we should never forget that uh, in this season, even though we've been utterly joyous about winning the Champions League again and everything that Tommy Tuchel is doing but it I mean it really has been a great season and I have to say from a fan cast point of view it's it's I would say I don't care about how many people listen or what people think of the show I think it's been one of the most enjoyable and one of the the, the best quality seasons we've had I think the, the people that I have assembled is this great team that we have just just take it further and further every year it astonishes me you are absolutely fucking magnificent the whole lot of you and i love you for it but sadly that is all we've got time for in terms of live shows this season now over the summer we will be 
re-releasing the 50 Years of Chelsea series from 1970 and then carrying on where we left off in 1989. Uh, hopefully, if I get time, we'll also be doing some more My Chelsea's with some very interesting guests lined up for that. So look out for those. Um, as I was alluding to a minute ago, I want to personally thank, uh, you know, well, Liam, uh, Sam and Adam uh, for their brilliant contributions as our kind of resident and regular journalists on the show. Mr. Tweeds, who is now more famous than God uh, for occasionally deigning us with his presence and occasionally chipping in on the WhatsApp group. Uh, but well done, Joe. He's doing great stuff. Uh, Marco, one of my favourite people in the world, whose birthday it was yesterday and is, we is wearing a fabulous Breaking Bad T-shirt. Thank you, Marco, for your contributions this season and your smiley face when you turn up. Always a joy to see that. Uh, Tony, Tony Glover. <laughs> absolute nutcase. I love you to pieces. Well done this season, mate. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, mate, um, we need to get our heads together because I think it would be quite decent of us to travel up on the 24th together as we're only around a corner from each other, really. So if we're going up on the Rattler, let's sort something out and I'll get dropped off at Winchester or something like that, yeah? I, I think we, we we absolutely have to go up on the Rattler because... Yes. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I, or we I, can have a beer on the Rattler. Oh, fuck, yeah, we get a head start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll need it to make this load of reprobates. I think we? so. No, I'm looking forward to that. So, Tony, well done. Dean, as I said earlier, you've been fantastic with all the things you do for the fan cast, but it's been a pleasure having you on all year. Yeah, no, thank you very much, Chijan. Yeah, pleasure to be on with yeah, everyone and looking forward to our meet-up soon. Yeah, me too. And uh, Dane, who's been brilliant. He's had a, a tough time this year, but he's been absolutely stoic with us. And your work on Instagram, mate, is phenomenal if only i understood the bloody thing but <laughs> appreciate that yeah no it's, it's always an absolute pleasure and a privilege to be on with you guys you know i'm in awe of all of you and we had alex clayton joe tweeds and the journalist liam sam and adam to that and uh yeah let me know about the rattler because obviously because i'm in chichester oh so yeah i oh, decided if yeah, i'm gonna get the train down or stay at the in-laws or maybe just get a hotel with my wife and then she can go off and do whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm going to keep my options open, but I'm really looking forward to July and, yeah. and seeing you guys and sharing a beer with you. I, you know, it's tempting to stay up in London, but I'm kind of, I'm enamoured of the challenge of trying to get back home. Mm. I, I always like that kind of a challenge. So anyway, yeah. but yeah. Uh, uh, Martin, as always, you've been absolutely phenomenal this season. Thank you. And it's good to be, good to be on it really. We kept a few heads straight. So um yeah looking forward to next month that he's going to be carnage yes indeed <laughs> and uh mr me and we we extolled your virtues uh earlier on but i i would like to echo them now but it's been brilliant having you on this season i've really appreciated it uh, really enjoyed being on chidge with everybody being you know terrific being part of the fan cast family and again like everybody else looking forward to our drink up next month yes indeed uh now we should also say huge thank yous to the wonderful alex churchill and the the absolutely lovely Clayton Beerman, who have been rock solid uh, on the show for us this season as well. Sorry they couldn't make it tonight, but uh, certainly thinking of Clayton, and uh, no doubt we will see both Clayton and Alex at our shindig on July the 24th as well. So there you go. Uh, now, last but not, not by no means least, uh, the as I said, the real star of the show, the real star of the Chelsea fancast. Stop, stop. Who has been utterly brilliant. And I, I think what oh, I need to do... Chish. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anybody else? Anybody else? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, Dan, Dan is good. And, and Dan has been, as always... I mean, actually, what I should also say is Dan's work on the Trust this year has been utterly phenomenal. But Dan can't 
come up with a song quite like the one that JK did for his video of Porto, which the entire Discord group have been just going absolutely nuts for. But, <laughs> but Dan, thank you. Before I get into Jonathan's song, you've been brilliant this year, mate. So thank you very much. No, been a pleasure. It's been fantastic. It's been a nice kind of like, you know, release from the humdrum of lockdown and everything else. So no, really good. Thank you. No, it's been uh, been my pleasure. It really has. Now, as I said, Jonathan's video that uh, uh, he filmed in Porto is absolutely hilarious, but there's a a better reason for it, which uh, I want him to sing us out with uh, towards the end of the the show. So just you know, you, there aren't yeah, many. Told me, I, told me I'd get it up and played it. There aren't know, many words. Should... No, I want the real live thing, mate. You're nothing if not a live performer. So there you go. Now. Right, most of all, before we get into that, is I need to thank all the people who listen to this show, our loyal listeners, particularly those who listen live on Mixler, those who listen to the podcast every week, write in emails or chat with us on Mixler or the Discord group or Patreon, uh, particularly those who bung us a few quid every week on Patreon. Well, we really wouldn't and couldn't do it without your support, and uh, you are, of course, all two-star champions in my eyes. So there we go. Uh, the Chelsea Fancast, as you know, is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. So do check it out. And as I said, Patreon, uh, if you do want to uh, help us cover the cost of running a few shows every week and continue doing so uh, on what we think is a unique uh, perspective on all things Chelsea, then please feel free to donate whatever you want, as little as or as much as you want every month. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and of course, if you do... If you do sign up to Patreon, then uh, obviously you become an immediate member of the Discord group, which is great fun, and I will send you a Kerry Dixon mini banner when I have them. And I hope everybody saw me and Mark Meehan presenting the banner to uh, the Chelsea pensioner the other week. That was fun, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah. But better make sure it's still on the wall when we get there on the 24th of July. Well, you know whose birthday it is on the 24th of July, don't you? Kerry Dixon's. Kerry Dixon's, exactly. He's apparently going to make an appearance, our little shindig. And so oh, is Mr. Cannibal. Yeah, yeah. So Canners and, uh, and and Kerry are going to be there. Uh, maybe Spackers? I'll, I'll see him on Friday. I'll ask him. Yeah, he's welcome. He's welcome. We'll buy him a beer. I mean, you know, what more do they want? Anyway. <laughs> That might persuade him. All right. Okay. So there you go. That's Patreon. Uh, of course, emails. Do email us during the season. We'll get them on the show. Uh, ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at ChelseaFanCast. Me at Stanford Chidge. This is going to be a bit of a memory test. Let's see if I can remember. Marco is Gate17 Marco at Gate17 Marco. Martin is Martin underscore Wickham. Dane is DWIT9. Mark is Eddie Mac B A W A. Jonathan is Jonathan Kidd. Dean is Dean Mears. Tony is Gross Jack UK. And Dan is Dan Silve 73. All correct. Don't All correct. even need a script. I'm that good. So there you go. Do check them out. They're great. They're great value. Um, now, uh, I'm going to say my thanks for listening and up the Chelsea bit. And then Jonathan's going to sing us out with his wonderful song. Just say one minute. Just one second. I, I, did I actually mention. Dean Mears when I did the intros. If not, I do apologise, Dean. I, I can't think, think I did, did I, when I said that right. But anyway, just... Time ago, JK. Well, I'm so, yeah, it's true. But it, I, I've been well, I nearly forgot it. Dan and the outro, mate. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> show, I know. Just to tell you that the incredible journey was three pets. I got it wrong. An ageing bull terrier, bodger, spry Labrador retriever, Luath, and Siamese cat, Tao, who were dropped off 250 miles from home. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you, you let us know that, JK, because I would have been festering about that all night. 
think the listeners would have loved to loved to they, know they'll, that. They'll, they'll sleep happier knowing that. All right. So as always, uh, been a brilliant season, an incredible season. Uh, it would have not been the same without all of you lot and all the people who listen. So thank you for listening. See you next season. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up, up the Chelsea! Chelsea! Take it away, JK. We are the champions, champions of Europe. Yeah, we are the champions. Come on, you Chelsea. We are the champions. Na 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 na. We are the champions. <laughs>